let's let's lower that volume on down here. Alright. Okay, what's up everybody? Reading. Um, yes. <clears throat> it is I, Francisco, along with my good buddy Andrew Charles will join us at some point, we don't know when, but he is speeding through traffic just to be on this show. <laughs> because we're, we're, we're that much worth it. Yes. So, uh, I guess this week we're, we're going to be um, talking about, I guess now it's, we're, we're down to Game 6 of the World Series. That's what's happening tonight. Hopefully the Rays stay alive for at least one more night. Sure, you are on pins and needles, Andrew. <sighs> so we'll we'll see uh, what happens there uh, with regards to that. Um, and um, after that, it's just football. It's just straight football until maybe December. That's when the NBA is thinking of coming back. NHL is eyeing sometime in January, but who knows by then? Freddy is on. He's going to be here, so don't worry about that. And, well, I guess we can... St I mean, I have lots of small segments here, Andrew. And I, I know we're not going to talk much hockey in the, in the next few months, I guess. But we can still talk about it anyways because we love hockey. Well, I'd, I'd, per Freddie, uh, I'd like to make it a point that we actually talked about the NFL this week. Oh, no. we're, we're I mean, listen, we're, we're going to do football at this point. It's just going to be the way it is. Um, and aside from that, and I don't know what the heck happened to the game in the background. I, I might just have to switch it out. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Aside from that, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we'll talk college football. I, I have that planned, anyways. I have right. notes that I wrote down and things like that, so that's that's not going to be um, an issue there. We're, we're definitely going to talk about it. Um, anyways, I, I I've stalled long enough. Let's let's get to the meat of this stuff. I, I have uh, let's get a small segment out here out of the way. All right, let's let's haul y'all. Well, we highlight Hall of Famers. Uh, this one has not passed away, fortunately, so everybody can feel good about themselves. All right? We're not going to start off with a bummer. Andrew, my Hall of Famer today is Martin Brodeur. Ooh. Yes. Yep. Good old Marty Brodeur. Arguably one of the greatest goaltenders of all time. Uh, according to the NHL, he is because he's one of the 100 greatest players of all time when they had the 100th anniversary of the NHL. So well, surely Patrick was in there, right? Well, yeah, but but I mean, I'm I'm saying he was one of the 100 guys. Oh, so he is like one that. of the best goaltenders of all time. Yeah, uh, you know Patrick was got to be there too. Come on now, come on now. There's 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 no way he's not going to be there. Um, anyways. Uh, Martin Brodeur, he is a Canadian fellow, as we know. Drafted in 1990, that's how far <laughs> how far we got to go back now. Uh, 1990, first round, 20th overall by the New Jersey Devils, who he primarily played for, and he had that one weird season, 
Willie Mays-esque season uh, in St. Louis with the Blues. Mm -hmm. Those who don't know what I'm referring to, Willie Mays played one uh, or maybe even two final seasons of his illustrious career with the New York Mets, but um, a shell of himself by that point. I guess the same thing would be for Marty Brodeur. But the accolades, man, that, that's what we're here about. The accolades for Marty Brodeur. Uh, three-time Stanley Cup champion. Um, let's see, he won in 95, right? 95 yep. over the Red Wings. 2000 over the Stars. And then 2003 over the Ducks, right? I, I think yeah. I have that correct. Yeah, against Anaheim. Or the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim as was their official name back then. And made it to a fourth? No, he made it to well, five. Yeah, he went to five Stanley Cup finals. Um, he's, batting, he's batting 600 on Stanley Cups. It's pretty yeah, good. He lost in 2001 to the Avalanche, and he lost in 2012 to the Kings. Mm-hmm. So that, that 2012 one was more about the, the the defense. Well, actually, the Devils have always been about the defense <laughs> with regards to those teams. It was just stifling. So even in 2012, that was the case. Uh, but yeah, having a Hall of Fame goaltender back there kind of helps everybody, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, what, what I wanted to – I mean, we, we there's so much to point out here. So three-time Stanley Cup champion. He won two gold medals. He won in um, – in 2002, at the Salt Lake Olympics with Canada. And then he was the backup goaltender in 2010 at the Vancouver Olympics. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know, my dude. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm switching out the game here. I had NFL game day in 2001 in the background, but it is just running like molasses right now so i am not gonna have that going on in the background we're I, we're a technically deficient show but we're not that technically deficient <laughs> all right I, I can step it up here we'll get madden 12 back in here i'll try and find the other ncaa games along the way because uh i think i only have like two of them uh, and we'll, we're gonna have to start highlighting them eventually um so Andrew, so Marty Brodeur, he was a hybrid-style goaltender. You know what that is, right? Yes, I do. Although, I'd honestly say that he was more of a stand-up goaltender, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. Well... You got done goofed. <laughs> Why did we done goof, Freddy? You done... <laughs> for, for getting Madden in here? This is one of the ones before EA turns to crap, I think. Even though that's arguable when EA turned to crap. I'd say EA started to turn to crap around the 2010, maybe. Yeah. Tech stuff. Yeah, we done goofed. Uh, the tech stuff. Oh. <laughs> okay, so... Um... Freddie, when do you know us not to goof? That's the freaking name of our channel. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Alright, so... Uh, yeah, I guess... Just because of, well, I mean, technically he was a stand-up goaltender. He started off a hybrid because the Broderfry style was coming into 
coming into style. I think he he adjusted over time. He had to. Right. I mean, especially if you play basically that long. every basically every goaltender is a butterfly goaltender to some extent these days. Yeah. I uh, I mean, to what the Charles, hell? you can hear us, goaltender. right? Yeah. Hey, Charles. Hi there. Are we on to a semi Lernigoof? Because sure, why yeah. not? Because okay. that's I, I get stand up goaltender, but butterfly is that just positioning? Because they all look like they're about popping a squat to me anyway. <laughs> well, so a stand up goaltender, and from what I've heard, Martin Brodeur was a stand up guy. A guy, although I think I heard something like he cheated on his wife with her sister or something like that. Yes. So his wife or his ex wife now. Was this like three years ago? Because I think I remember this story. I love Longer. it. Longer. Yeah. Oh, okay, that may be bad. Yeah, well, he's, uh, tw- he married his ex-wife's twin sister afterwards. <laughs> so I think, uh, uh, I think especially Rangers fans, I think they call him like Uncle Daddy or something like that as a, <laughs> as a, as, as a no, way it, to get, it, get at the it, Devils it, fans. It's, it's Martin Bro. Oh, boy. Or, Bro. You could say sister, if anything, but I think oh, that would just man. piss off people. Um, so, yeah, so stand-up goaltender, if you watch clips of goaltenders from basically the 1970s backward, um, you know, that is the only style you'll see. It's uh, very inefficient. Um, the the guy would stand up and basically flail his arms and kick out his legs in an attempt to save the puck. Um, you would not go down to the ice um, to stop a puck. And a lot of that is because goalies didn't... The first mask wasn't worn regularly in a game until the mid-50s. So you'd be basically committing suicide by intentionally going down to the ice because you're just going to get hit in the face with a puck. Needless to say, I mean, you already got hit with the puck in the face, but that would just increase the odds. So, you just... It's kind of like how you see, like, a goaltender, like a... like a goalie in soccer on on a penalty kick where they basically just, like, you know try and like kick their arms out and their legs and things like that. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's that's one way. That's one style. The second way is called butterfly, which was popularized by Patrick Waugh. That's where you're going down to your knees on the ice and making saves like that. Um Butterfly, the reason why is because if you were to look at the goalie from above, their legs are kind of spread out like butterfly wings. Yeah. So that's kind of the new method of goaltending. And then as a consequence, you started having hybrid goaltenders who wouldn't rely as heavily on either one. They are proficient in both stand-up and butterfly. Yeah. Uh, Stand-up goaltenders, basically, a pure stand-up goaltender, they don't exist anymore. Basically, uh, I guess uh, every goaltender in the 80s, except Patrick Waugh, and, and, before, and, and before that, uh, were stand-up goaltenders were 
Um, they were just, they just stand there. And goalies weren't as good until Wah came around and then techniques started getting better. And eventually uh, you get to today's goaltenders who are, as a consequence, the NHL has widened the net because goaltenders just got better at stopping the puck. And they've made their pads smaller. Right. Just to allow for more goals. Because I, before it was more goals because, I mean, I mean you try and stop the 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 vulcanized rubber coming at you at 100 miles per hour with uh i don't know a, a, a couple of uh, pillows strapped to your chest and trying to stop it like that but that eventually they got better at it they got better equipment and uh better technique and so uh things changed for the nhl from 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 that regard but i could see your point as regards to brodeur being uh or at least utilizing more of the stand-up, um, the stand-up technique, rather than the butterfly technique in his gameplay, because he would still stack the pads and things like that, um, in, in comparison to other goaltenders. Um, so, I can I ask you guys something in regards always. to that? Do you not think how cool it would be to see a goalie who only has the butterfly position and have either a coach or? Whoever, what's the primary score? Ironically, I know soccer is the striker, but what would you say is the primary score in hockey? The, Let's uh, say the forward, winger. the well, winger, left winger, or right winger, either one. Okay. Yeah, because... your your center, your centers are usually more of your playmaker facilitators. Okay. Um, just by virtue of being in the center of the ice, they have a bit of a better view of both sides. Um, but you. But you do have centers that are your snipers, uh, scorers. Yeah. But yeah, like Francisco said, your wingers are usually your your more like, high. Like Alex scorers. Ovechkin is a winger. Okay, so let me ask you this: How cool would it be to have either the coach or the winger or your primary shooter when they see somebody in the butterfly stance as a goaltender go, "Let's rip the wings off of this butterfly"? <laughs> I had to do it. I literally, the moment I heard it, oh, I'm boy. sorry. Forgive us. There's puns. There's analogies. The colloquialisms. There's also references to a hymns song. For those who haven't heard that, that's a callback. 2006. It sounded cooler in my head. I I regret nothing. Deal with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me continue with Brodora and we'll, we'll get out uh, and move on from here. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, only goaltender with eight forty win seasons. So he's he's uh, he's up there with that. He won four Vesna trophies, best goalie of the year, uh, five William M Jennings trophies, best goalie tandem of the year. Uh, won the Calder Cup his first season as a rookie and ten-time All Star, and uh, uh, the trapezoid was invented because of him because of his proficiency with the puck. So let me explain that one. Yeah, please. So. Francisco, if you would pull up a picture of a post two thousand six. So let me uh, see if I can find uh, something here. Um, NHL trapezoid, and see if there's like a video on it or something. Which or apparently... or Charles, if you want to pull up one of your own. Okay. Uh, just look up NHL trapezoid. All right. So you see what we're talking about. I have this guy explaining it here in the back, but you can't hear him. Well, well, we can use his image to help. Right. 
Okay, I'm that seeing it. We're talking about. Yes, that's the line. Correct. There are two lines that are extending out Diagonal. from the end board, from the the backboards to the they call it the goal line, which is the red line at the back end of the ice. Okay. So that is colloquially known as the trapezoid. What that is is the goalie can only play the puck either in front of the red line, the goal line, or inside of that trapezoid. If so they, if he tries if they, to go behind the net and he tries to like pass the puck or whatever, he yeah, can only yeah, he can only be in that area in the middle behind that net. He can't go now, to the corners. Right. So and I I need to ask someone, maybe Freddie knows and hope maybe BU knows. I'll ask him if he's not here. Um, but what I want to know is if the goal, if the goalie's legs are in the trapezoid, but the puck is outside of it, is that the penalty? Or if it's the other way around, where if the goalie's legs are outside, but the puck is inside, is that the penalty? Is that a penalty? But anyway, so if the goalie plays the puck in either of those corner zones outside of the trapezoid, it's a delay of game penalty for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, just to be sure, the goalie doesn't serve the penalty. It's a player. Right. It's it's someone else. Um, yeah, yeah chosen... they'll designate somebody to go into that. Right. Because that would be amazing if the goalie just came out and had to serve the penalty. <laughs> well, aren't there a lot of secondary goalies anyway? Or is that because I know that's a oh. common approach in the game? I don't know if you um, guys. Recently? I don't know if you guys saw this or it was on Twitter. Somebody suggested, you know what the NH- the NFL should do? Uh, at a certain point, uh, penalties should just be like a power play in hockey. They should just take one guy yes. off of the field and just have <laughs> ten guys. Every time Brady intentionally grounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. or you could do it vice versa, either way, defensively or offensively. So, back to why, what this, why this has anything to do with Brodeur. He was exceptionally proficient at mm-hmm. passing the puck. Oh yeah, he he's arguably the best. If, if one, of, he's definitely one of the best, if not well, the best. I mean, he's time. he's he's got the most goals of any NH, of any goaltender in NHL history. And we're talking legit goals that he scored from his end of the ice into the other net. Admittedly, the net was empty, but still, it's damn near impossible to do. Um, but yeah, he would—he was essentially a sixth player when the puck came down on their end. Yeah. Um, which was—he would, you know, like it. I mean, I'll leave it there. But he was just incredibly good at it. So. Because he was so good at it, and other goalies were good at it as well, that was stopping offensive chances. Um, because, you know, it's, you get what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. it, a, an attacking player can now go into the corner to get the puck, and the goalie can do nothing. except. The, but before, a goalie could come out and play it. And so that's one fewer chance that the other team has to gain possession. Because a lot of the post-lockout rules, uh, so the, there was a, a full-season lockout in 2004-2005. Um, 
And once the CBA was all negotiated and the new rules came into play, a lot of it was designed to create more offense. Like, for example, the blue lines were pushed two feet closer to center ice, and the goal line was pushed two feet closer to the end boards. So the offensive zone instantly becomes four feet larger. They did away with the two-line pass rule. They changed the way offsides work. It's uh, they they did a lot in the in the interest of making the game a bit more offense friendly, so that the trapezoid was definitely one of those. And uh, he was inadvertently the reason for the Avery rule. Ah, uh, yeah. And we've talked yeah. about that before. If, uh, you remember our good buddy Sean Avery, right, Charles? Do I hate him or like him? You no, I like, like Brad him. Marshall. You, oh, yeah. you would like him. I He's think. a smack talker, right? Yes. Well. Yes. Well, let me explain why the Avery rule uh, applies to Martin Brodeur. So, during the... Was it the playoffs? I think it was the playoffs. Um, Maybe not. Avery, Avery was on the New York Rangers, and Brodeur was, of course, on the Devils. And during this, one of the games... This was the... Yeah, the guy that stood in front of him and just blocked his vision. Because, you know, typically, you know, you're allowed to block the goalie's view, um, but you just stand in front of them with your back to them, kind of, you know, facing the play, you know, attempting to deflect pucks, things like that, obscure his view. Avery and it was during the playoffs. You're right, Andrew. Avery did the exact opposite. He was standing around, and he was, like, waving his stick. He was, like... He was like a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man in front of Martin Brodeur. Um, And at one point, actually, well, it obviously pissed Brodeur off, but it also led to a goal at one point. I don't remember. Um, Eventually, the Rangers went on to the series, and a very controversial moment, Brodeur refused to shake Avery's hand in the uh, post-series handshake line which is like a severe breach of protocol. Um, so after that happened, after the season, the NHL came together and basically said, you can't do that. You can't actively obstruct a goalie in that way. Um, which if you're able to find the... <laughs> it's on the screen here. Level. He scored the power play goal when that happened. <laughs> you saw it there. So that's that was even more insult to injury. To nothing Brodeur. better. Ah, yeah, nothing Yargo's better on than being that guy who gets a rule named after you or altered because of you. Oh yeah, there he is. Says uh, Brodeur gave him a shove. Boom, boom. <laughs> it's great. I love it. And then he gets the goal right there, the tip in, perfect pass from Yager. To let's see, who's that? And then I think it's Scott Gomez there. All right. So yeah, that's Martin Brodeur. So uh, first and wins, first and losses, first and games played, and shutouts for goaltenders. So he's um, a better version of Brett Favre. <laughs> I, I could, I could, I could put some comments in there about showing penises, but you know, I was going to include the sisters and all this uh, other stuff. That's what uh, Brett's final moments about. But we're good. We're yeah, good. We're good. 
We're good. We're PG rated. Yeah, well, for now at least. For now. All right. Well, uh, let's see. What? Who are we? We had two sponsors so far today. We had the HyperX keyboards and Blood, Blood of Steel. Steel. And uh, that one for free. John, true medieval epic war with multiple historical heroes like Caesar, Alexander, and Mulan. There we go. Um, is Mulan even? I, I know I'm gonna sound ignorant here, but is, there, is that real credibility? I thought it was just Disney folks making myths about ancient legends that are just given a ma- name. Uh, we're not gonna yeah. get into that. Th- that's There's like plenty the of YouTube videos saying, about that. Yeah, especially that's like the, the new one. Saying Gandhi, you know, basically had duels with people. Oh, you know, boy. I can't take it to credit anything that's been sensationalized by Hollywood or even any kind of entertainment media in a form of a video game. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get on down to. Mm, man, I, I want to get these small ones out of the way because I know we're gonna just talk about football the rest of the, the rest of the way from here, unless something crazy happens in the World Series today. Oh, like. Francisco, um, I know we wanted to briefly touch on hockey. I I've been begging you guys to do this forever. Um. I'd like you to do the um, what was it? Uh, the goal horn challenge for me. Mm. Do you think you can arrange that? I can, but not on the I, not on the fly right here. Oh. I'd have to I have to download the horns, especially the no 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 no. They have they, there's a YouTube channel that no 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 no. But I I I would want especially oh this would be great for me to because remember I wanted to do that idea with like uh, like the radio. You know, they have the weird sound effects and stuff during the radios and those crappy radio shows. This right. is the perfect time for me to actually learn how to do that. Okay. So I can assign them to a key, and I have more than 30 keys on here, so I can find a way to get all the goal, goal horns here, especially if when and if Seattle uh, reveals their goal horn. That would also help. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, come on. Uh, so we did Hall of Famer. Let's go with uh, better low minor league team. Just get them out of the way. I can do this one fast. Uh, so today, the Florida Fire Frogs. Rest in peace. Hold on now. Not yet. Not yet. All right. So Florida Fire Frogs. Founded in 2017. They uh, used to be the Brevard County Manatees. They played out there on the, the Space Coast, Space Coast Stadium. And then they moved on over to Kissimmee and became the Florida Fire Frogs. They were the, let's see, so initially they were started in 1994 as the Brevard County Manatees. And in 2017, they became the Fire Frogs. They, as the Fire Frogs, they don't have a championship. As the Manatees, they won in 2001. Um, they were their affiliate of the Marlins, the Expos, and the Brewers in the past, and they're currently the Braves affiliate. I'm highlighting them because they're, uh, as Andrew has said, rest in peace, but we don't know just yet. There might be a chance. Um, they're one of the teams, the 42 teams designated by that evil Rob Manfred uh, of getting the axe starting next year. Well... Let let me let me clarify. They're no longer even if they are on the chopping block, they are no longer the Florida Fire Frogs because their stadium has been basically it's going to be demoed basically. 
Oh no no, they've already moved out. So right, that's what I'm saying. No, they, that they, the four to fire frogs are dead. No, they're still the fire frogs. They just moved over. They're they're playing now at the new Braves spring training facility. They moved out of the one in Kissimmee because the Orlando City soccer team built an academy there, uh, in Osceola County. Osceola County bought them out. Right. Saying, hey, take some money, get the hell out of here. <laughs> oh, I I thought they were just done altogether, but no, they just they, relocated. They still had a lease at um, uh, what, what the the Osceola County Sports Complex, but uh, they wanted to build the the Orlando City thing, so they're like, here, take some money, find someplace else to live, and the Braves picked them up as an affiliate, or right. they were already the Braves affiliate, but um, they're like, hey, we have the brand new spring training stadium. The Braves moved out of Disney World around the same time so it made sense to move their florida state league franchise on over to their spring training facility um in northport which is in sarasota county um along the west well, coast they might as well be dead to me because they're no they were the last in some way permanent per, per, a permanent team in some way whether spring training or minor league uh in kissimmee in the Orlando area. Yeah, outside um, of UCF's baseball team now. Right, but I, I mean pro. Okay. Um, I mean if you wanna get if you wanna get deeper into the weeds, you've got Rollins as well has a has a baseball team. Um yeah, the end of the string of like God knows how long that there were teams in Orlando. Mm-hmm. In and around Orlando, like Lakeland still has the Tigers, and I don't see them moving anytime soon. Although, I could have said the same thing about the Dodgers, since they were in Dodger Town since the 1950s, and then they just up and decided to move to Arizona for some reason. Uh, that, well, that made more sense because it's closer to Los Angeles on the West Coast. So, um, Yeah, but who the hell wants to play in Arizona? No offense to Arizona, but you don't got beaches in Arizona. Yeah, but you have the all those re- much yeah. in the spring in Florida. You have all those retirees that still like baseball and watch it there. So, uh, and then all the people from Brooklyn pretty much already died. So, um, <laughs> they're all all out in LA now. So, uh, that's perspective. Uh, yeah, and so they play at Cool Today Park in Northport. That opened last uh, last year in 2019. Uh, Sixty two hundred seats. Um, the Braves moved there because they didn't want to travel anymore from Disney World to the other spring training complexes because they were pretty much either all on the West Coast or all on the, other, on the East Coast. The Braves were like right smack in the middle in Orlando or Lake Buena Vista, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's why they moved out there. So now they're closer to like the, the Yankees and the Phillies and the Orioles and the Red Sox. Um, and uh, the, to that point, like... Uh... You know, back in the day, there were one, two. If using Orlando as a center point, there used to be there were like five teams within like an hour or two, uh, within an hour of Orlando. You had uh, Lakeland. You had uh, Atlanta. You had Houston. You had Minnesota was there too, I think. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, So you you had quite a few teams that were in 
the Orlando metropolitan area, but they're now all gone. Which is so sad, because I had such great memories of going to spring training games. You know, I, I didn't go to my first... I'm a lifelong Mason's fan, but I didn't go to my first Major League game until 2007. But I went to at least one spring training game every year. Oh, two. When I moved here in 01, or 01, so, but late in 01, so I went in 02, 03, 04, 05, but just yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So, very sad that the everyone's gone. Uh, the cool thing about Cool Today Park is uh, they have outfield walls that look like tourist field. A bunch of teams are doing that now. Their, their spring training field looks exactly like their, or at least the dimensions are exactly like their home ballparks, which makes sense if that's what you're going to practice on. Um, so uh, as far as uh, alumni are concerned, we have some significant ones. you got Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer. Tim Raines, another Hall of Famer. Uh, Josh Beckett, mm. Yankee Killer, mm. uh, Ryan Braun, uh, you know Mr. PED. Yeah, there you go. Lorenzo Cain, Chris Davis with the K, Ugh. Ryan Dempster, Kevin Millar, Edgar Renteria, and Grady Sizemore. These are at least the ten that I feel were the most significant. Uh, as far as and, and they didn't play for the Fire Frogs, they played pretty much for the Brevard County Manatees. So that's why you see some guys that were on the Brewers, on the Marlins, on the Expos. Uh, so that there you go. And uh, yeah, so once once again, I said they're one of the forty-two teams in danger of elimination. So the Braves are about to choke away a minor league franchise. I need to get a dig in there. All right. Speaking of Atlanta choking. <laughs> uh, 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 let's talk about the NFL. That's a good segue. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, you have um, the Fred. You got rank. my. You got Fred rank, right? Yeah, I'm gonna post it up, but I want to start with. Uh, I have some games I've highlighted here, but the most funny of all is who I'm going to assume is going to be Rooney Tree's lol cow of the week. Which are the Atlanta Falcons choking away a game by scoring a touchdown. You do not insult Todd Gurley in my house, sir. He got me 22 <laughs> points in both my fantasy games. <laughs> he, All right. uh, he, may, he accidentally got you some points at the end. <laughs> there, there was no accident. He knew. He's playing for a big contract, <laughs> and he's playing for people to draft him. I took you in like the fourth round, buddy. Speaking, you know what? As I set up the, the Freddy stuff, how are you guys doing with your fantasy teams? I am 4-3. and three. Are you ready for this? I'm four and three in both my leagues. So I won this week in my non-money league. In my money league, I dropped 194 points. I had 30 more points than the next person. My opponent had 30 points more than me because of Tyler Lockett, which is ungodly. And I made the smart decision not to start OBJ, and instead I put Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, and um, I forgot who my other guy was. Oh, Duke Hopkins or DeAndre Hopkins. And it was great. And, of course, two guys got injured in that game because OBJ is now gone for the year, which is all right. You know, it's whatever. And then um, Chris Godwin broke his finger. So I'm like, mother effer. Uh, so trash and Trujillo might fully become trash in of itself. But in my money league, even though I lost by a whole, you know, by 30, it's unheard of. No one cracks 200. I'm still in second place, baby. 
still in second place. So we're on. Andrew, what's your ranking? What's your what's your Fred rank with your fantasy team there? Let me see. Freddie, if you don't play fantasy football, I'd be very shocked because there's a, there's an inner gambler in there in you, and I need oh, to know. Oh, you. Oh. Just Freddie. Freddie, you gotta tell him, man. Um. Let's see. There we go. Now it's scrolling. I am. I'm in second place in my division. I have 25 teams, bro. What? Oh my god! I just (laughs) want you to meet my uh, coworker Ross. He has 10. I think he has a gambling addiction, and I'm gonna not shame him anymore. Because of you. How do you live with yourself? Do you need a hug? You know, does Fred Rank need a Fred hug? You are more you matter. That that hole in your heart is not gonna be, you know, taken care of by DraftKings. That's a scam anyway. You know, you get more rush doing cocaine, bud. I'm just saying that right now. Because oh, the, the 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 crash from that is not gonna hurt as much as having a starter that you think is going to do something, fall down like Aaron Rodgers. He's got a winning record. He's got a winning record. He's doing something right. 99-76 on the year. I guess, but, you know, at what cost? (laughs) You know, it it, it comes into it. That's literally like saying, hey, guys, I'm cancer-free, but I don't have a testicle. You have to kind of come away. (laughs) Anyway, we went now. Now you see why I was just like, oh, wait. Wait for this. No, but I thought it was some BS. I thought it was like five, and then he's like 25. My, I, well, you know what? On it, and, and you know what? I'm going to give a shout-out to Fred on this. If the man who was accurate, what, two years in a row so far on his Fred ranks on our show, who, and let's be honest here, Freddie is an honorary goof member. He is the fourth member, BU somewhere as the fifth as well. Um, so if he's right on his predictions, he's going to be right on his fantasy. It's pure analytics. The guy is a genius. Respect it. Love it. Understand it. That's for you, Fred. Whew. I, I get angry every Sunday the last couple of weeks if my guys just, you know, come out loose. I get angry when my defense starts, so more power to you. But if you're second in your uh, division, Andrew, in, you're probably second or third in your official everything else overall, so you should be good. Well, I'm actually, I, I looked it up. I'm, I'm tied for first Ooh. in my division just based on record. Mm-hmm. Um... Three there is fourteen division four team divisions so there's eight players total three of us in my division are four and three um, but I am in fourth place overall I'm guessing because of my my point differ- differential yeah that's probably how they do it fantasy's um, cruel like I tell you do you feel that anxiety and rage like I feel I know there's a competitor in your heart of hearts. I've heard you during the lightning games and then um, <laughs> even just during bar prep in itself. Uh, in this World Series, you've, uh, you've been quite angry at the Rays' lack of hitting some nights. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a little yeah, bit. Well, well, we'll, yeah, well, the game starts at 8. You, yeah, guys but, are, um, you guys are literally going to have to outslug the Dodgers in order to win this World Series. Why are yeah. they scoring, like, three runs by the second inning for the last four games? That's yeah. what just surprises me. They're, I don't know if they're that good or if your guys have the case of the spotlight's too big. Well, let's let's um, 
let's table that for now because I want to finish up yes, uh, yes. fantasy and then NFL. But um, what was I saying? Right. Um, I I do a little bit. Um, have that have I wouldn't say it's it's nervousness. You know, I just you know I, I rely heavily on ESPN as well as Freddie. Freddie's kind of been my my sensei, if you will, um, through this endeavor. And you know, I tell him how pissed off I get when just randomly, like uh, I I dropped Derek Carr one week because I needed. Uh, needed a roster space to make up for someone who was injured but not on the IR. And then Derek Carr decides to just go ham in a game. I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been there. And this is now the crucial point. Francisco doesn't play fantasy that much. Now everybody's kind of going on on bye weeks. It's cute for the first six weeks. Yeah, the Dolphins are on theirs this week, yeah. Well, you feel, I you feel good about yourself, but then who you really drafted to replace certain guys is what matters. I uh, well, I had my breakdown uh, a couple of weeks ago because in my my infinite wisdom, I decide my we're a two QB league, um, and I decided in my infinite wisdom to pick two my top two quarterbacks, which are. Uh, Stafford and Rodgers, I just so happened to decide, you know what, let me get them, and then a little bit later I find out, oh yes, they're on the same freaking bye week. So that's where the whole Derek Carr situation, something, I I don't think it was Derek Carr that week, but still, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, but if I sur- I was able to survive that, so I think I should be okay going on out. Yeah, and Safford's getting better. Blowing it back to the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, they were playing the Detroit Lions. A, a battle of teams that have perennially choked uh, this season, at the very least, with well, the Falcons and Atlanta in, in general. But man, oh, tank ball. I, I love I love I love how uh, well the, the Lions are three and three. So with that, honestly, and and they've choked really away, they've choked away. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say that they've choked away a couple of games already. So they should, they they should be playing better than what they have been. They barely beat the Falcons. So, well, I, but then again, the Bears. Then again, the Bears are leading their division. They're barely a team, and you hate Aaron Rodgers, and you think Overrated. they're barely a team. So, <laughs> so the NFC North is basically, and the and the Vikings basically fell off a cliff. Um, so the, the NFC North is pretty much fair game at this point. I was gonna say, I love how the NFL app has the insights, and that's what I look at for for a lot of this. Um, I love how they try and make like the Falcons stuff like like good, like he, like the Todd Gurley thing. Like, oh, Todd Gurley has two plus rush touchdowns in a game for the 16th time since 2016, which is the most in the NFL in that span. And then Todd Gurley's 10 yard score in the fourth quarter was his 77th scrimmage touchdown since being drafted in 2015, which is also the most in the NFL. I'm like, yeah, but that kind of led to their downfall. <laughs> nope. And I will defend him. So let's let's talk about what happened, and then I will defend Todd Gurley. So His Todd Gurley slightly went over the line. <laughs> Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's a big guy. He's like what six two two twenty three. That that's a lot of heft. 
He's a hurly gurly, a hurly burly, as you would say, the burly girly. He went on instinct. He went on instinct. Pure, pure instinct. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how much he actually weighs so I can just define myself on this one. But Todd, you know, they were given the ball. Raheem Morris, the interim coach, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer coach. He's, he's telling him, hey, do this, do this. They have the lead. It's Detroit. You're not thinking that anything's going to come of it, even though they have Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay and T.J. Hawkinson and Matthew Stafford, who go down as one of the best, very good quarterbacks of all time and never do nothing. Todd Gurley. Yeah. Well, I, I don't even know, man. Like, Philip Rivers is just – and I think I'm just going on the – who I, I've seen the product of play the last four years. I'd rather take Stafford product of play four years than Philip Rivers, who's like, I'm going to sling it. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, don't sling it. I'm going to sling it. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do the thing. But um, <laughs> Gurley gets the ball – Breaks through the line because he's a big guy. He's not Derrick Henry big. We love you, King Derrick. Um, but he ends up trying to stop his momentum, and then just with with and he did it on purpose the way you look at it because what he should have done is just done a QB slide and just flop it. Yeah. But he goes the momentum. He wanted those stats. Um, but he scores a touchdown, leaving time what sixty four seconds or a minute and a half left. Sum up. Yep. So the Detroit Lions come in, and then Matt Stafford. Um, I forgot to who it was, too. I think it was Kenny Galladay. But Matt Stafford, with time expiring, throws a game-winning touchdown. And the Lions win the game, saving Matt Patricia from being the third coach fired this year, even though Adam Gates is going to be. Yeah, that's true. Um, and leaving poor Raheem Morris to use Todd Gurley as the scapegoat to what the real issue of the team is, is that you should always love your team for scoring. That's how you win football games, right? Yeah, your defense you should have enough confidence in your defense to stop one game ending drive, especially but to a Detroit Lions team. In a league where there's thirty two kickers and then only like I would say ten of them are truly clutch enough to not break under pressure because we've seen a lot of weird missed kicks. And mind you, you would have to really screw up for a twenty four or twenty five yarder, but the truth of the matter is sometimes that special teams get lucky. Sometimes you're, uh, you're high-paid, looking at you, Steven Gostowski, because I'm coming to you, son. Guy with great repertoire misses an easy field goal of 45 yards, costing you a tying game against the Steelers, showing that you're frauds. I hate you, Steven Gostowski. <laughs> cut him. Just cut him. So why wouldn't you take praise into your guy for scoring seven mm. point, six points and leave your kicker to get additional point to get to a seven-point lead? It's not really a seven-point lead, but I'm not doing math right now. I'm doing explanations. Instead, instead... You're really just going to kind of make a scapegoat out of a guy who doesn't even play defense. So how is it really Todd Gurley's fault? If I don't mind fault you, Todd Gurley. I oh, don't but, fault him at all. I just find Todd it Gurley, like, very Atlanta fault. and very funny. Oh, it's very Atlanta because they're a poorly run organization. And here's part of the problem, too. T- side note, Todd Gurley six one two thirty one. I just checked on the wiki. How easy do you think it is to stop that momentum? How easy? It is not as easy, especially if you're breaking through tails. You just go straight to zero. I don't think it was even that. I think it was just, I mean, just just instinct. I mean, the man has been taught since he was a kid, you hand me the ball, I go run over there. And and that's, that's a Fernando Tatis move right there because yeah. he ain't no loser. Yeah, but exactly. you know who's a loser? Right. The interim coach who couldn't do anything in Tampa and I think maybe had one successful year with, uh, was it Josh... Um, Freeman, or was I'm thinking of the guy from Rutgers, uh, Shavano? But no, I don't even think. Uh, yeah, I don't think Raheem Morris ever had success. There was only like one ten and six year, but it wasn't him. So how are you going to blame him when your badly, you know, play defense that 
paid big money to Vic Beasley Jr. and everybody else. Granted, yes, I know everybody's injured in your secondary, but come on, man. Did you see the touchdown that um, Stafford had? No one was covering him. I don't know if it was zone or man. It definitely didn't seem like it was man because they would shade the front end, but it was like an open thing straight to it. You had no pass, but you come into it, but you're going to have this grown adult be like, yeah, it's my fault. I don't know what I was thinking. No, I think Todd, they were playing zone from what I'm seeing here, so yeah. It, um, it was just bad shading. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, Todd, it's not your fault. One, you care about me having faith in you because I rode your <laughs> coattails, baby. I rode your coattails like Jeff Fisher rode your coattails. No one would ever support you more than I did. I got you in two leagues. I knew I wanted you. I said you were having a good year, and you've been consistent. You've had two multiple 20-point games, 15 points. One, last week you were at eh, that touchdown. I love it. Two, he's playing for money. He's playing for money, you guys. And at the end of the day, when them GMs are signing out, they're not looking at like, oh, hey, did you cost him the win? Because he didn't cost them the win. That's if anything, true. he's going to say, how many touchdowns do you have this season? I think he has seven already TDs. He's like, wait a second. You have six or seven TDs? On a trash team, yeah. On a trash team? And his yardage is fine. I think he'll probably end up with 900, maybe to 1,000. I don't want to go that in-depth. You're asking me to actually be analytical instead of a patsy, and I'm very anti that, you guys. Speaking of, I wanted to look at Fred Rank's, uh, Freddie's stuff here because he's, he's got it here. We haven't even discussed it. So he's still got the Chiefs at number one. Got the Buccaneers who, um, Oof. man. Ass whooping. Yeah, yeah. Bad luck, though. Like, let's let you know. We'll give them their own segment. I'll comment on that because I like Fred Rank. I like talking about it. So he's got the look at this most pa- pass touchdowns by a Tampa Bay quarterback in his first seven games. Tom Brady, even though there wasn't much competition. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers at number three beat your Titans. We heard some emotions from you. He's got the Packers. He's high on the Packers, unlike uh, Sir Charles here. At the Ravens at five, the Saints at six, your Titans at seven, the Rams oh. at eight, Seahawks at nine. They lost to the Cardinals, who are now ten. Uh, Kyler Murray doing stuff. Uh, Chicago Bears uh, twelve. Uh, he's got my Dolphins at twenty, and as the AFC East champion. And we looked at the Dolphins' schedule, I think maybe like a couple weeks ago, and it's like it's we, doable. We had nine and seven. Nine seven, right? I, I I thought it was yeah. They could sneak in. I don't know. Buffalo's kind of a joke, man. But looking at the Bills, who, yeah, I I, I know. I looking at the Bills and, and the rest of their division, you know, they the Jets are useless. So, but they barely beat them. Uh, so that kind of gives me some confidence. The Patriots are not doing what we thought they would at least be doing. Yeah, they yeah. got a nice smacking by San Francisco. That's always nice to see. Uh, look at that, two and four for the first time since 2000, since since the Bledsoe era. Oh, you love it. Love to see it. Uh, Chiefs smacked the Broncos. Uh, it was a good game between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Um, uh, the LA Rams looking good, 15 and four since 2018 when they moved back to LA. Out there at the Coliseum. Or now the new stadium now, the SoFi Stadium. The Tua turnover, oh no. Oh boy. I'm calling it. Listen, you ain't dealing with that real <laughs> that real defense. SEC that that is was a primer. The, yeah. It's a primer. That, yeah, this is his first game. His first, well, no, technically not his first game. Plus, this is his first start. The, name me the last good lefty quarterback that you've seen. It's just a pragmatic thing. Brunel? 
Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, technically, that's... you can give Matt Leinart that one 300-yard game against the uh, Titans. But, yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's it. And I don't know what it is. Some people say it's the positioning on the field. I think common sense dictates you just put your best receiver on the opposite side. I'm not a quarterback's coach. I'm not a offensive coordinator. But it's it's that stupid logic, and it is stupid logic, left hand, right hand, just make the play. But it's the idea that he's soft, like a baby's bottom, right? And then um, I was going to say something else, but PG-13, right? We don't say the S word. But uh, he's soft, and the fact is they also don't have the weapons that he had in Bama, Mm. So I'm curious. My I think he's gonna throw three picks. Uh, yeah, this I think is not a great. It's not a great intro game, that's for sure. It's it's not a great intro game, but if they pull it off, then I'll people, shut up. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that and people are gonna be anointing him the king of Miami after this. Uh, so well, I sent you guys a picture um, at my local. Sam's Club, there is a... Obviously, they sell shirts and whatnot. There's yeah. a whole area just with Tongue of Vailoa t-shirts. They, oh, they had a whole pallet of it mm-hmm. right there? Wow. Yeah, people yeah, are going I remember that. It was, it was a pallet. It wasn't just a pallet. It was a pallet maybe 10 shirts deep. So it was it was like a ten by twenty <laughs> thing of shirts, all with tongue of Iloa on it. That means no one's buying it if you have that high supply, pal. Uh, that's not the case, man. I unfortunately, because of me being in Marlins and Panthers Twitter, I get some runoff from the Dolphins Twitter, and people are a little too high on this guy. Uh, by the way, Sun Sentinel, the Miami Dolphins. If you're if you're getting rid of Sun Sentinel's uh, media credentials, I tweeted you. You know, give it to us. You know, we'll, Please. We'll, we'll we'll hang out. We'll hang out there. That's fine. I, I live in South Florida. I can assess why the Miami Dolphins are going to disappoint. It's what they do. You hype up the preseason. <laughs> you talk about that one victory over the Patriots each year and how good you feel, and yeah. then you talk about Dan Marino's shadow. That's it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see what other notes I got here. Uh, yeah, the LA Rams got the yeah. Uh, the NFC East is trash completely. Super trash. But oh, can yeah. they be better? What <laughs> if Philadelphia and all these injuries come out to be a respectable nine and seven team? Can we give them some credit? Is it better to be nine and seven, barely over five hundred, and get there? Or it depends on how they like get to and nine, nine and seven. If they get to nine and seven, they've won pretty much all of their games to get to that point. It's, and they're they're hot going into the postseason, then yeah, then Philadelphia looks scary, right there. It's like you don't want to mess with them at that if they're if they're that hot going into the postseason. But, but can we appreciate all they the hobble in and lose their last three to get to seven? It's like oh well, uh, yeah, they're, they're uh, the first one out of the playoffs. Basically, that's what that's what you're looking at. If you're the wild card team, you're not scared of them at all, you know. So- I feel like with all the injuries that they have, and this is the only thought I'll keep to Philly and I'll go to the next portion. Mind you, face the Giants who, who, you know, find a way to lose that game. Uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. If they say white man can't man jump, can't, white man can't run. One man, one he man does can't, not have... He can't hang on to a ball. <laughs> no, he can't do. He's got freaking... Sheesh, uh, I mean, man. He's, he's all lubed up for some reason. For, I don't know. Oh, he, He's <laughs> greased up in bacon fat. Yeah. Um, 
But the thing of the Eagles is that they've had so many injuries on the offensive line, the wideouts. Are we due for the Carson Wentz injury? Because I know he's injured right now. They just won't announce it because they don't want to put that paranoia. But when's it coming? When's it coming? Mm. I'm curious. Because you know yeah, who's coming. their backup? I I mean I know they still have Josh McCown on on reserve, but I don't know per se who. They're... I'll look at that. I'll let yeah, you do your who's, thing. I'll who's the Eagles? Who's the Eagles backup? I'm just trying to figure that out. I feel like I should know oh, that. Oh, have Jalen Hurts, but he's sure as hell not ready. He can't be. It <laughs> oh, makes yeah. us feel. Ooh. Man. Well, I mean, there's, once again, they're still in the NFC East. So you could still technically win the division, even without that. So, uh, the Cowboys... can I tell you why I want now Carson Wentz to get injured and I want the Dolphins to have great success? Is there a draft pick in it for you? I don't know. No, 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 no. All Bama Super Bowl of opposing quarterbacks. Tua, Tagovailoa, Jalen oh. Hurts. And everybody will just rub on the face of Nick Saban <laughs> of how much they love that team. Yeah, he'll but be at the be game. Like uh, where, where is it, Tampa this year? I forgot where it is. Where is the Super Bowl? Point. It'll be in a bubble somewhere. Was it a Tampa? I thought Tampa was going to host it. I think it no, I don't think it was, was it? Tampa because they would have made it the big storyline about a super. It is Tampa, all right. Yeah, I thought that was like their whole push. They got their you know renovation. They got WrestleMania, and then they got that, and I was like, oh, and the virus hit. But wouldn't you? That would bring in the college football fans that hate the pros because God knows the long stroke of loving on Tua mm. and loving on Jalen Hurts and the fact that Jalen might bring. I always love a good narrative, so I love the idea of Jalen being like, "You a punk." How dare them replace you with some guy who's going to bust his hip, who busts their hips, go to the gym. You don't do hip extensions. I do hip extensions all day. Mr. Man, that's his new nickname now. Jalen, Mr. Hip Extension Hurts. He's got this. Um, I'm interested. I yeah. want this. That's just me now. That's then, my thoughts. Of course, Freddie showing the, the side storyline, Tampa Bay. What if uh, you could have that chance too? Uh, Tom Brady. Well. Going to Super Bowl with Tampa. Should we transition Tampa. to the Tampa game real quick? Because I want to put my comments on to Tampa. Yeah, if you want to go we, yeah we got like uh, probably a couple more minutes before the halfway point. All right, so Tampa successfully being nasty against, mm. um, I guess, their opponent. Who was it, Jacksonville that they played? No, I don't think it was Jacksonville. No. This is the problem. I'm in yeah, fantasy. No, and I'm like no it was the Oakland Raiders. Or, yeah, it was the Raiders. It, the the yeah. Vegas Raiders. What are you going to call the them? The Vegas Raiders. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, which is – so Gruden's former team whooping up on Gruden with his favorite quarterback. Mm. Kind of poetic. Um, yeah. Brady's hit like five touchdowns. Ronald Jones looking good. But here's the thing. The defense is solid. They have played consistent teams. I think beating Oakland and beating Green Bay shows some validity, and maybe Bruce Aarons is not past his prime in good coaching. But you lose Chris Godwin to a broken finger. You sign Antonio Brown. Yes, he's got. He's still got to learn to play, and Mike Evans is playing very hurt. There's no O.J. Howard. Gronk will eventually get that double, and then Cameron Brate's kind of coming in. Is it the idea of there's more injuries to kind of build up on? You're winning the early games now, but when those games matter more, to get a healthy Chris Godwin who missed out on hamstrings and concussion issues, Mike Evans, who's basically walking on one leg, Scotty Miller, even though he busts out for like 100 yards, still not healthy. Is it going to be that you are collectively the best season team? But once that you know, end of the year comes in, do you survive any injuries if injuries do happen? Because I'm still waiting for the Tom Brady injury. Well, let's see. But are they scary? Kind of, they keep it balanced. Are they scary because of Antonio Brown? Of course not. If anything, no. that just 
that just makes that, you know that's that's still a question mark as to how he'll play i'm sure uh, and and how they'll how much they'll use him uh, let's see well, i mean really their only competition well they got the saints still um i think they still the have to play the second game. game uh they they have the falcons to beat up on as well the falcons have only played one division game so far so there's there's some wins there then you got the panthers who uh god help them they're trying <laughs> they're trying out there but um they're just not on that level i mean i could see well i could see the buccaneers trying as with all their might try and win that division especially get one of those top seeds and get the bye uh just for the stuff that you've been talking about injuries and stuff like that because uh and especially keeping tom brady as fresh as possible so we don't have the situation that happened to the patriots last season you don't have a blaine gabbert situation either because mm. god knows and listen i know what it means to have blaine gabbert start for your team to try to save your season it's mm. no bueno yeah it doesn't work but i'm interested because you take in the fact there is no buy for anybody who's not the number one the respective team and the thing is, when when you look at the head of the NFC uh, teams, I can't tell you who really strikes me as being that Super Bowl contender for them or representative for them. Um, Freddie, all QBs born after 1998 just break hip, eat hot chip, and lie. Okay, I agree. I eat hot chip. Um, but Green Bay, I think it's fraud, fraudulent as it is, but it's more or less because you're beating the easy opponents. Them smacking Houston... Houston's not a good team. They're one in six. They have a bad defense. They have no pass rushing. Like obviously, you're supposed to win that. So you didn't beat a real team. Um, you already know the NFC East is a joke. I like I like what Seattle's doing, but they're injured. Russ was trying everything, couldn't get done. The Cardinals, I don't know, man. I don't know if I even like Kyler Murray. I I think there's moments where I'm awed by him, but. I don't know. I, I think when you have to go into a shootout, it doesn't help, and I think they just let him get hot. Um, San Francisco's still a good team. To be 4-3 and three and still in last year's division speaks how good that division is. Yeah. So uh, don't count them out if they actually get healthy. That's the whole purpose. If you can just keep it consistent, just keep it consistent. Yeah. Jimmy T's playing they like They can remain that. one game over 500 and then get all their guys back. Yeah, Jimmy G's playing badly, but you know what? You can play badly and win. It's not really a product of him. It's a product of some quarterbacks just need weapons. If not, you know what? All quarterbacks need weapons. Even Lamar Jackson needs weapons. He doesn't do it all. Patrick Mahomes doesn't need weapons. Patrick Mahomes is just God, but it's okay. Um, he's Patrick Magad at this point. Uh, and I feel like I'm missing one of the teams. The Bears are not real. Nick Foles doesn't have the protection. That offense is trash. Um, trash. And I, I kind of think I limited out my idea of other teams. So I don't know. Like, Tampa just might be the best team for the NFC as a representation. But are they scary? Because when I look at when I look at Kansas City, I'm like, ooh. And then even Pittsburgh. Ugh. Get lucky. Get the lead. You're 6-0. You're and oh, Your defense is amazing. James Connors is kind of playing better. Juju's looking better. Ben Roethlisberger played like ass. But, you know, that's all you need. Maybe, maybe it is the AFC team's year, guys. Again, yeah. All right. Let's head also, on over. Stephen Gostowski, please and thank you. <laughs> Let's get uh, to word from our non-sponsors, people, and places, and things, and concepts, what have you, that we've been enjoying over the past week. I'm going to get mine out of the way. 
is because it's boring and I hate it. <laughs> this so is that, why. That's not a very uplifting non-spot. You don't have to. You know, this isn't like being married, Francisco. You don't have to advocate the things that you hate. It's, okay. it's ballotpedia because I did my freaking civic duty today and I want everybody to shut thing. up and stop talking Holy to me about it. Shit. Randy fucking Rosarena. His 10th home run. He hit one right now? He just hit one. One oh, it's zero about to pop Ray. up on the screen right now. Holy shit. All right. Well, one nothing right there. He, he owns just about every single record, single man. playoff record, hitting record right now. Most home runs. Most hits and obviously home runs by a rookie. Opposite field shot. Wow. Opposite field on like the on the second pitch. Holy shit! You guys gonna give him that Evan Longoria contract? Might as well now. <laughs> I'd like to give him one more year, but I don't know. Well, Longoria did the same thing. You guys gave it to him after that night, that 2008 season. So, and Freddie, I know I'm behind, but I don't have access to the live. A cable stream in my room, so I'm I'm doing my best just watching a delayed stream. Yeah, the, the closest I can get to stuff is the the score crawl there, and it's a butt behind on the stream there. But whatever, Ballotpedia. That's what I used today to learn what the heck was on the freaking ballot of this thing. And I looked at it. I'm like, huh, okay, yes, no, 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 all that other stuff. And then I did my thing. I went into the Palm Beach County Library and did my thing. Um, and uh, it was pretty quick and easy. Shout out to the Palm Beach County Library. All right. Uh, been, I've been uh, found some way to go back to you since I've been like four years old. So, 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 so I'm like a, I'm like a freaking salmon. Eventually I, I go back to spawn at the Palm Beach County Library. So, um, yeah. That, 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 yeah that's, that, hey, I'm not here to kink shame, but spawning at a at a library that that seems illegal you never went to the fiu law library during exam period <laughs> i've been in the law library during exam period not third floor huh <laughs> uh, good point whatever what happens yeah. the third floor stays in the third floor remember here's the rules you go to third floor so you go back to your desk at the second floor if you're lucky the first floor <laughs> all right that's so... a good question freddy uh I'm so freaking nervous about it, so I probably won't be in the right state of mind <laughs> to do a oh, show. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're a little drummer boy, baby. We keep beating up on here. We're yeah, gonna, we, you know, we don't have to talk about it. We don't even have to acknowledge well, it. Well, we're, we're, we're not going we, to... We won't talk about it. Yeah, no, that's fine. Anyways, that's what I used. Uh, promo code, just stop talking to me. Uh, and then I, I got a second one. Because I didn't want to do that one, but I had to. Uh, contractual obligations and all and whatnot. But the other one's Zaxby's. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's that do it. That was the first time, right? Huh? It was not first time, was it? Not my first time, no. Okay. No. Okay. no okay. I, I, uh, first time was back in Tallahassee at Florida State. Uh, very I, I wanted to be there with you if it was first time. Yeah. Very, very magical summer, indeed. Uh, me and my good friend, he, my, my my good friend, uh, I, I said Freddie. <laughs> I was I was looking at his comment. Well, he is right a good there. friend. Come yeah. on, what are you talking about? Uh, 
Uh, I said friendy at the same time, so it was kind of both. But uh, a, a Freddy friendy. One, one of my good never friends. Never those words again. Michael, when we uh, went to Zaxby's, he took me for the first time, and it was quite a magical experience. Uh, we had those. Uh, it, it, it was brandy at the time. The birthday cake milkshake that they had. Oh man, that was that was incredible. Uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, I'll never forget it, man. That was that was great. Uh, anyways. Yeah, Zaxby's. So that's what I had. I had a chicken sandwich from them today. I, I didn't go with any of their their family meals or anything like that. But yeah, I got their sandwich meal right here. This is what I, I got the kicking chicken. Oh, I love that. I want a little spice in my life today. So that's what I got. I was tempted on the chicken finger sandwich, but I'm like, ah, let's 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 get the toasted bread on there. All right, you don't see that all over the place. You just don't. Their famous chicken with the kick. Chicken fingers, ranch sauce, and tongue torch on Texas toast. Uh-huh. I Try saying that five times fast. Yeah. Good uh, lord. <laughs> tongue torch on Texas toast. Tongue torch on Texas toast. Tongue torch. Uh, blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 22-ounce uh, Coke freestyle. Yeah, they got the freestyle machines over there, too. That's that's always a, a great bonus. And uh, they had the crinkle cut fries. One of the few places that i know that actually does that one well, the fries were all right they weren't the best but the sandwich though oh boy and it is it is a messy sandwich i'll tell you that much all right that thing gets all over your fingers and and whatnot but man oh man that's that's what that's what fingers are for for you to to suck on them on afterwards all right it's a very not kinky, king shaming uh, no it, not king shaming at all all right Take it into your local Palm Beach County Library and spawn if you feel like it. <laughs> so, yeah, the Zaxby's, and they got a bunch of other stuff, man. I mean, this is freaking good. Uh, all this stuff is good, man. They're, they got, and they spell salads with a Z. Yeah. All right, they deals with a Z. They're like a freaking, they're like a, a Ubisoft uh, a shovelware game on the DS. That's what, that's what, but... But uh, this isn't shovelware. Not not at all, man. This is some good eats right here. Uh, I, I don't even... Are they... They're kind of sort of on that line of fast casual and fast food. They're kind of both in some way. They kind of cater to both of us. Hey, they like they cater if you want. Have your party. All right? You don't have to get some of that overrated chicken from Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I'm on... I, I, I agree with urinating tree. All right? That's another one of the things that Atlanta has has unfortunately cursed us with people who think Chick-fil-A is the end-all be-all of chicken sandwiches. So uh, I'm on my soapbox today, all right? I'm not going <laughs> to let Atlanta off the hook, all right? Your Falcons choked away a game. It's not going to end, all right? Um, promo code. Is Zaxby's Atlanta base? I don't they're, they're Southern. I know that for sure. Um, and there's none. And the reason I got it today is because there's none south of Palm Beach County. So I had to... To, to make the pilgrimage on over there. Uh, yeah, where, where are they? We got a bunch. Of, uh, these are the states. They're pretty much the south. Uh, I got something here in uh, Indiana. They got one in Utah. That's strange. That's um, different. Yeah. Uh, Missouri, uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas. A bunch of places there. Uh, Denver, North Carolina is getting one. Orlando is getting one. We have one already. Well, they're getting another one. That's how. Uh, that's I've been to Zaxby's a couple of times. Um, I didn't even know it existed until probably like 
eight, six, eight years ago. I don't remember exactly. Um, because they built one right off of University Boulevard, which is right next to UCF. Um, so I tried it, and it's, it's not bad. I, I, I honestly kind of forgot the taste, so I'll need to go back and uh, re-up and see, you know, how good is it. Okay. I, I wanted to see... They were, because they have like a, a fax page, a frequently asked questions page. I wanted to see if they had anything stupid on here. Like, what's chicken? <laughs> well, chicken well, hey, is a there's type a, of bird. There's a, a court case. Is, the question is, what is chicken? Oh, uh, they're from Athens, Georgia. That's where their corporate office is, Athens, Georgia. So, Go uh, dogs. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but uh, if you're from Atlanta and you like the bulldogs, go F yourself. Uh, please spot, please uh, subscribe to our podcast if you're from there. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, a promo code. What was the promo code? Um, Terry Bradshaw, because I think I saw him do a commercial for this thing once. Okay. That or Larry Charles the guy, one of the two. <laughs> Charles, you next. Um, me? All right, guys. It's spooky season officially. Mm. I was having a more difficult time trying to get into the swing of things. It's always kind of tough because for me, Halloween's better for the whole week as opposed to the entire month. I get it. We all It's the same way of like, oh, the 25 days of Christmas. Well, the 31 days of Halloween. And you watch your movies and what have you. Uh, I, I figure the side note is what is the best Halloween movie. Not Halloween to Michael Myers, but Halloween to you. I don't care about horror movies. I don't get scared from them really. But, you know, but we encompass that into the questioning. I still think it might be Sleepy Hollows in that top bit. That's such a good movie. I love it a lot. It's just so well done. Um, I don't know if it's best, though. I have to make that list on the Charles rank of uh, horror movies or Halloween movies. But I have to immerse myself. I have to make myself part. I got to get spooky. I got to get spooky, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't like horror games that much. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm a scaredy cat. But I bought something a year ago on Black Friday for this exact purpose. And I got it for 20 bucks. I was like, all right, I feel good about myself. So I've been playing the last couple of nights, popping my TV real low, bright, lights off, sound way up. It's a remake. It's a remaster. It's the way what all remakes or remasters should be. I never I really know the differences. Yeah, but Resident Evil 2, yep. the remastered edition, is fantastic. They took the... If you don't remember, Resident Evil 2 came out like 1996 for the PlayStation 1. Yeah. It was blocky. It was yes, weird. And 64 got one. Still kind of scary. Yeah. Um, I th- I think they tried a dream uh, Dreamcast port as well, if I remember. Well, I think GameCube got one as well, but I think it was like a straight up like copy and paste of the PS One one. It wasn't like they didn't do anything to the graphics. They remade the first one of the GameCube, but they didn't remake the second one or the third one. It was just like copy and paste the PS One one with all the graphics and whatnot. But yep, yeah, this so is they- the first legit like we're gonna redo this entire game so they took the remastered or they took with the resident evil 7 engine did it from beginning because resident evil has changed the way it's played it's no longer that very fixed camera it's very over the shoulder resident evil 4 is still my favorite i had one of my friends say it's overrated i said go f yourself sir respectfully speaking five was fun but it lost the horror element six was trash i didn't even play seven resident evil games kind of became action games after a while it wasn't like oh it's just oh fight zombies and it might as well have been Dead Rising at some point, you know? 
which, <laughs> which is fine too if yeah. you want to get your spooky Halloween stuff. But for this one, it's still equally scary. They made the storyline a little bit more complete with Claire and Leon. You can either pick one or the other. I started with Claire because it's technically correct. Mind you, I think what they should have done is just done the whole complete story and just switch in between and shove up some fat. I will replay as Leon probably in a couple months. Um, I'm almost done with it. It's only like nine hours long. The original one completely was like five hours, so they padded in some stuff. But it's beautiful. It's atmospheric. What they've done well is they make you value your weaponry, and they teach you don't shoot, run. That's how it's supposed to be. You know, the, the zombies are just sponges at this point. They don't really die or full to it. They have the tyrant, a.k.a. Mr. X, who looks like a heavy of uh, just coming around who's immortal. Depending who you play as, your story might end early with them or it might end later at the very end. The storyline itself is whatever, right? It's Resident Evil. It's not supposed to make all sense, but it makes more sense than Resident Evil 6 did. Even 7 was kind of out there just because of DLC. But um, it's beautiful. I like it. I'm almost done with Part A. Will I need a Part B? Do you even need a Part B? Not necessarily because it all leads to the same spots. It's just a little bit more padding. So that's why you just wait for it. Plus, I like Leon. Like I said, Resident Evil 4 is my favorite game. But I do love me some Claire Redfield. Um, it's gory. It's vicious. I'm also. It's also old school because if you remember those old school game kids, there is no arrow telling you to go certain places. They don't give you hints on how to solve puzzles. Right? So if I actually was a man that was 15 years younger and had patience, I would not use the IGN walkthrough like I did run <laughs> <laughs> because I'm here just to redo, re-enjoy, and appreciate the remake. It's just going down an avenue of an old love. That's a spoiler, Francisco. Change the thing. But um, it's very so atmospheric, and you don't want to kill things, but when you are getting that successful kill, it's fine. And look, there's parts where I won't even look at the walkthrough. Not that I remember everything from muscle memory, because your boy would go to Hollywood Video and just rent it. That's how old we are, kids. Um, that, you know, we have alternatives aside from Blockbuster. But it, it was enjoyable, and you just go to certain sports into it. And that's why you should play Leon stuff. It brings in Ada Wong, who's also showing up in Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 6. But um, it's completely, you know, bottom-up remake, new music, new voice acting enjoyable. I will replay it, you know, at some point when I finish it. I'll probably finish it later tonight at like 10.30 when I can't sleep because the insomnia kicks in after I eat my burrito. Um, but yeah, and there's some DLC stuff that comes into it. So Resident Evil 2, they made a third one because the success of 2 is very massive. Uh, I'll pick it up when it's like 15 bucks. Um, it's only 6 hours for Resident Evil 3 and that's too much for me. That's too little of a time for me to pay anything more than 10 hours, or I'm sorry, $10. But um, I'll look forward to it. I don't think they need to redo 4. I don't know if you've played 4, Francisco. I imagine you might have from the GameCube days. But it's still pretty enough in my eyes. So I don't really want them to change perfection. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil 2. Um, you know, promo code uh, zombies. Mm. Alright, I'm going to step in here and speak on behalf of Freddy. Yay. His non-sponsor is Hacienda Mexican Restaurants. Like Casa Bonita. Casa Bo oh, I love Casa Bonita. <laughs> Rest in peace. We had a location out in Tulsa that was wonderful. Um, so, yes, uh, Hacienda Mexican Restaurants, a staple of Indiana. They have locations in, I'm, tell me if I mispronounce this, uh, Mishawaka, uh, South Bend, Evansville, uh, Yep, here we go. I got Elkhart, it here. Long, yeah. There's a Long Beach in Indiana. There's a Miami Street in South Bend. Well, Miami's everywhere. 
um, Kokomo, Plymouth, Goshen, and Warsaw. Uh, his family got takeout from there this weekend. It's their favorite Mexican place. So if you are in the middle of America's heartland in Indiana and you're craving some Mexican food, go over to Hacienda Mexican who Restaurant. Who doesn't not crave for Mexican food? People yeah. who are, oh, well, how political can we make it? <laughs> <But there's, laughs> uh, a certain orange man, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. He thinks Taco Bell is the champagne of Spanish food. <laughs> I took the shot. I don't care. No. Me. There you go. That's fine. Look at that. Oh, there's stuff right there. Well, I'm going to wait for Freddy's promo Ooh, code. We got desserts go here. Let's take a look at this. Uh, I love their website, man. It's nice, nicely designed, very clean, very modern. They got a food truck as well. So they're spreading their wares all over the place. Tacos, fish tacos. Oh, I had some horrible fish tacos at the at the Astros and National Spring Training Facility. I, I don't know how you guys could do it. You know, it's terrifying because I, I, I'm in between with fish as it is, but you guys, <laughs> fish tacos? Hmm. I, I, it depends, man. It depends on who makes it. But don't get it at. Well, I'm sure they've gotten better at it. But if don't get it at a baseball stadium, especially a spring training one, <laughs> if you have the choice. Um, Freddy's yeah. promo code is frozen margs all day. Frozen margs all day. They got sandwiches. Look at that. Look at them damn quesadillas. Uh, quesadillas, man. Chimichangas, fajitas. All that. right. Real Burritos. question. Real talk. Chimichangas or burritos? Queso. Ooh. I've never, let... I've, I've never had a chimichanga. So really? I, I, I really? Yeah, I'm going to have to find a place, Andrew. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had burritos, although I've never had an authentic I, I will throw you a chimichanga six feet away from me and give it to you, and we can eat some All right. I could find some. We can go to the park. And you can sit six feet away from me. You can have some outside. <laughs> That's what we need to introduce you to chimichangas, my friend. All right. Oh yeah. Or as as Deadpool would say, the chimmy fucking changas. Mm-hmm. Uh, pork rice. Pork for rice for two fifty. Yeah. Oh, God, this this looks so good, man. Oh, chimichanga. I, I kind of like chimichangas for the same reason I like pancakes, man. There's that grimy sloppiness. That's that's. <laughs> Eventually it gets to it. It's just good, man. Just good. good. It's just basically yeah. the deep fried burrito. Yeah, you know, and it's it, and they might put the cheese. It, it's better with the cheese melted on top than like the chipotle sauce or whatever they put into it. Yeah, but it, you know, it's so good, so good, man. Oh, I mean, I like burritos too. I have a burrito for dinner. Look at this chili con tacos thing, man. This looks great. Check out the drink, says Freddy. <laughs> oh man, Freddy. Don't don't encourage my alcoholism. Encourage my belly, because <laughs> that black bean wet burrito, you know, does things to my body that is synonymous with the word wet. Uh, but you see, Andrew, that's a chimney. It's beautiful. We love it. We want to kiss it. We can give it little taco kisses, like Colonel kisses. We give it little taco kisses. Taco taco taquisi. It's kind of funny because Jennifer Lopez is Puerto Rican, which isn't tacos, but that whole episode is just crazy. South Park. Oh man, deep fried awesome. That's what they put there, and uh, oh, they're right, man. They are so right about that. Oh, is it is it just American to love everything deep fried? Because I I just could never say no to it. Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, Charles, there 
I, I God knows which state fair it is, but there is some oh. state fair where they literally sell deep fried butter. Andrew, did, yeah, did somebody steal a base in the World Series? Yes. Did they give oh. them free tacos? It was um, Mookie Betts game oh, okay. one. Yeah, there you that, go. That, can I, That's why can the I man gets paid. Shout out to that damn catch because Jesus Christ that he made the other day. Just uh, big ups to him. But chimichangas, you gotta do it, man. Yeah, do it. and you can't do like a Taco Bell chimichang because they're tomorrow, trying tomorrow free taco. DLTs, Doritos Locos Tacos. Although oh, they they will they will substitute regular tacos and other singular tacos because I'm not a huge fan of the DLTs. <sighs> You're, you, so you don't have chimneys and you hate that. All right, man. Don't worry. You'll come around. I didn't say... I, hey, hey, hey. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I didn't say I hate them. I said I'm not a huge fan. So you remember in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin looks at Obi-Wan and says, you're either with me or you're my enemy? That's like literally like how I feel. But it's okay. But, only, but, only, but Charles, only the, the Sith deal in absolutes. Yeah. <laughs> so are you calling yourself the Sith? I mean, you basically equate me to be an anarchist, so I think the Sith deal with things in chaos. I'll take this. <laughs> uh, well, me, I accept my fate. I know who I am. Well, uh, let me let me take something back. They they've since introduced a cool ranch, correct? Yeah. Yeah. They got the other one. Okay, I need. I, and they have the while. spicy too, as well. Oh, I generally do not like the the nacho, but I do prefer the the cool the, ranch. The cool ranch. Yeah. So maybe tomorrow I'll try a, a cool a CRDLT and see how that is. Okay. All right. So now we all crave tacos and burritos and chimichangas. Well, wait, right I haven't now. had my turn yet. I know. Oh, I know. No, I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying. But now we're feeling that yeah. at the moment. So thanks, Freddie. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess a, I guess a, a quasi non-sponsorship to uh, Mookie Betts for for achieving that. <laughs> now, I, now, just out of principle, though, if the Rays had not stolen a ba- uh, stolen a base, I wouldn't have done it. But since the Rays did end, uh, did steal a base, I'll consider that enough. So I will. I will get myself a, uh, a DLT, a CRDLT tomorrow. All right. So what's, um, what do you got, man? I know I've brought the. Let me let me dive in. Uh, give me a second to kind of wade through here. <laughs> it is the content team of UCF Athletics. Ooh. All right. So First do off, go, do I go to the Twitter account or, or what? They don't have a Twitter account, but just go to at UCF Knights. Um, their big thing is obviously, you know, the social media presence for all of UCF athletics um, and the individual teams. And they've really been on fire ever since Scott Frost came in 2016. Um, let me rewind that. Scott Frost coming coincides with the arrival of Danny White, our new, our current athletic director. He is a god. He has done so much for UCF in just a short time. He's only been here for five years. 
Um, but Danny White has done a whole, he's turned the program 180 and he has brought us really pretty much into the 21st century and as much as the football team has has been an inf an impact on our our visibility and our notability Danny White just what he's done you know these funding initiatives new buildings uh this content team, he let them go do basically whatever the heck they want. And thanks to him, we are probably the most, uh, we're the m most tweeted, most interacted with group of five program. And we're top 25, top 20 basically all the time when it comes to any team. So thanks to him for kind of shaking things up a bit. But let me get back now to my, my original point, which is the content team. Not only do they do the social media stuff, they also come up with specialty uniforms. And this past Saturday was our annual space game. Ah, yes. And they did, as usual, an absolutely fantastic job. Um... It, our game was against Tulane, and that was that game was probably the best uniform game, definitely of the season so far. And I find it hard to see another game topping it, because we had our space game uniforms, and then Tulane had throwback powder blue uniforms with a, a surfing pelican on it, like. Uh -huh. <laughs> like uh, they got this Among Us stuff here too with Tulane. <laughs> That's funny. Like. Charles, you know, you're like, you see something beautiful food-wise and you just can't help but, like, kiss your fingers and, like, this is a beautiful thing. Not really. What happens is Bonnie uh, Tyler's solo clips of the heart starts playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's, cor that's correlated to what I had on Friday at work because, you know, I, I represented Taco Check before, but I tried their um, their Philly taco so it's just like on the basis of a Philly thing. And I was hesitant. I'm like, I don't know, man. But then she started speaking to me, and I knew everything was going to be okay, and I really needed her tonight. I think it's forever going to start tonight. <laughs> Although, funny funny fact about uh, her, she was, uh, remember, I think three years ago that we had that uh, solar eclipse? Yes. She was hired to be on a cruise ship, and then during the eclipse, she sang Total Eclipse of the Heart. I mean, life gives you the opportunity, and it's up to you to take it by the balls, right? And that's what Bonnie Tyler does, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen. She also needs a hero. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this they have a whole website dedicated to what... Uh, what they what there's so much meaning behind the uniforms aside from the fact that they just look cool they there's so much meaning behind it like uh the helmet stripe is made of circuits that look like those are old oh oh it's a flashback okay um like the helmet stripe is designed with circuits to represent the new Orion capsule which is what's going to take people to uh the moon in a few years. Um, it's got 
telemetry, it's got constellations, it's it's just beautiful. And they just keep pushing the envelope every year. And you know, just just props to them. Aside from the fact that they have incredible content just on social media, but they keep coming up with this with these incredible uniforms each year. So, you know, props to them, amazing. Uh, kudos. Promo code Citronaut. Okay. And that is a double over Mookie Betts' head by Kevin Kiermeyer. And the Rays have a man in scoring position with one out in the top of the second. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, all right let me get some, uh, let's see. We, yeah, the NHL canceled the Winter Classic and the All-Star Game, Sunrise. Where, was, talked about that. where were those going to be? Well, I know the All-Star Game was going to be down here, but where was the Winter Classic going to be? Minnesota. Mm, birthplace of hockey. Or not the birthplace of hockey, but like the, the home of, of hockey. American hockey. State, the of, state hockey. of hockey. There we go. Yep. 10,000 lakes, and they use it for hockey. Uh, all right, so player remember forget. I want to get this out of the way. No, not really. Let me pay this one. All right, player remember forget. Uh, I wanted. I was just looking stuff up for Marlins history and stuff, and I found a player that uh, maybe you guys know, but just because of the position that he was playing when he had his major league career, Arthur Rhodes. All right, he was a reliever. So even on championship teams, relievers are. Are seldom remembered unless they're, unless they're uh, Mariano Rivera closer or something like that. So, uh, or, or the, some great setup men, maybe you'll remember one or two. But the other guys, the other guys that 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 make up a bullpen, you don't remember them. And Arthur Rhodes deserves to be remembered, right? Major League Baseball player, uh, relief pitcher, through lefty. Uh, drafted in 1988 by the Baltimore Orioles. He's from Texas uh, in the second round there. Uh, out of high school, he was drafted, not, not from uh, the Longhorns. And he played for a ton of teams. The Baltimore Orioles, the Seattle Mariners, the Oakland A's, the Cleveland Indians, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Florida Marlins, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Texas Rangers and St. Louis Cardinals. 15. So he played on Every team, then. It almost sounds like. Yeah, nine the, teams the, right there. The easier thing is, who did he not play for? I'm kidding, exactly. of course. 15.1 war, pitched in 900 games. I don't know what he's currently doing right now. I didn't see any articles or anything like that. Uh, he made, he played in baseball, like, what, 20-something years? Let's see, 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. And he made his first all, he, he made his debut in 1990, uh, or 91. And he made his first all-star team in 2010. That's how long it took him to be Man. recognized. And uh, it was like his last year. Not, not his last year would be the following season. His fall. His last season is epic. All right, 2011. He signs with the Texas Rangers, and then in August he was DFA, designated for assignment. Mm -hmm. Three days later, the St. Louis Cardinals come a calling, and they they pick him up. And the World Series that year just so happened to be the Texas Rangers versus the St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh. I think he pitched in a couple games in that World Series. He didn't allow a run or anything like that. Uh, 
And, but the, the cool thing was that no matter the result, he was eligible to get a ring. Uh, to, yeah. So if the Rangers won, he could have gotten a ring. The Cardinals won, he was going to get a ring. So he Anderson Verge out it? <laughs> yeah. So that didn't work out for Verjal, right? I don't think he... No, I, I don't think they did, but that was yeah. the logic coming into it. Yeah. He's the one I can think of to which had that fortune. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Arthur Rhodes got his ring in his final ever season. He retired after that. Good on I him. I mean, why not? You've been pitching for 20 yeah. years, he and you've reached the mountaintop. He's got yeah. really nothing else to Yeah, he's like, he got his go. all-star game. He got his championship. He's done. And he holds the he he's the MLB record holder for most holds in baseball history. There you go. Okay. So if he got into the game, most likely nothing would change by the time he gets out of the game. Which is exactly what you want that kind of position, man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Arthur Rhodes, man. All right. Uh, a player, remember, forget that's actually accomplished things. <laughs> It's not. Sometimes we forget about these guys, man. It's, it's not just about. And that's what our. This is. John that's Travolta's what it's all private, about, man. Yeah, private pilot or anything like that. It's not just about that. All right. That's, that's what this is all about. Uh, you go, girl. All right. Highlight women in sports today. I got. Uh, isn't this thing? Oh, there you go. Why? Come on, just freaking highlight it. There you go. All right. So I got Brianna Stewart. Ooh, okay. All right, Brianna Stewart is my uh, uh, my highlight this week. She plays for the Seattle Storm of the WNBA. Uh, she went to UConn for college. That's where she was drafted first overall in 2016. Uh, she uh, also plays in Europe um, in the WNBA offseason to make some more cash two-time WNBA championship most recently this year in the bubble in where was the in WNBA bubble again like Bradenton or something Bradenton like that? at yeah. the uh, IMG Academy yeah there you go in Bradenton she was also the finals MVP she won back in 2018 as well and she was also the finals MVP then uh, she won the WNBA MVP in 2018 two-time all-star 2016 Rookie of the Year. Uh, while at UConn, she won four national championships and was the most outstanding player for all four years. Freaking juggernaut. And in 2016, she won Olympic gold medal at the Rio Olympic Games for Team USA. So that's Brianna Stewart. And she's right got an endorsement with Nike. All right. You go, girl. You, you go, go, girl. girl. For reals. Uh, let's see. We gotta, uh, Shall we go to college football? Yes, because I've pretty much exhausted my stuff. I don't have a goon nor an MVP, but if you guys think of one later, we can go to that if we have All right. time. Well, I'll go with uh, college football now. I'll start with the national headlines. Mm. The Big Ten and the Mountain West conferences began play this week, this weekend. Um, they started their. They had initially canceled their seasons. There were initially uh, four conferences that were going to completely cancel their seasons. It was 
the Big Ten, Pac-12, Mountain West, and MAC conferences. Um, but after, let's call it reconsideration, which is fancy, which is a nice way of saying they were threatened to be sued. <laughs> so coercion. Coer they were coerced into, although they will always, they will say that things changed, their medical experts changed, but that's total BS. They were basically black, they were basically forced into it. Um, so Big Ten, uh, Mountain West started this week. Uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks will be the Pac-12 and MAC conferences. Um which will be interesting, which means that we would have a, a full complement of teams playing, uh, albeit those other teams are going to have severely truncated seasons. So it's going to be really interesting how that all shakes out about, you know, who's going to go to this bowl, who's going to go to the playoffs, I don't know. Like, right now, Ohio State has played one game, and they're ranked third. So... Ranked. <laughs> we'll see. Um... So just some national headlines. Biggest upset of the week, and this ties in quite nicely to our uh, Atlanta Falcons discussion earlier, mm. was Indiana pulling off the upset of number eight Penn State, 36 to 35 in overtime. I actually have that in my notes. But go that ahead. was just the fact that Francisco made notes for this episode because I sure as hell did not. <laughs> Well, I highlighted the top 25, like the teams that lost in the top 25, and of course, what happened to our teams. But continue, Andrew. Right. So that was Penn State had it locked down. They were going to win the thing. But Indiana decided to pull a, you know, switcheroo uh, because. Penn State, for some reason, decided not to kneel out the clock. They decided to keep running the ball when they were within 10 yards of the end zone. So Indiana just kind of parted like the the offense, the defensive line. Everybody just kind of parted like the Red Sea and let the Penn State running back score for a touchdown. So they took a lead, but said lead was not outside of the, the safety zone or was... Yeah, it was not outside the safety zone, so Indiana went down, scored, sent it to overtime. Then Penn State scored, touchdown, and then Indiana followed suit and scored the extra point. Indiana followed suit, they scored a touchdown, but they went for two. And in probably the closest scoring play I have ever seen, Michael Penix, Penix, <laughs> the quarterback from Indiana. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm ten years old. <laughs> stretches across and just barely, barely scrapes the pylon. <laughs> pylon. <laughs> as a result, Indiana comes away with a one-point win out in Bloomington. What a game. And props to Indiana for that upset. We love ourselves some upsets. <laughs> Look at Freddie. Just a tip. That's all you need. 
Um, so yeah, so that's like the main national headline, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Um, well, I got here. So yeah, uh, number well, six, if, Oklahoma State beat number seventeen, Iowa State. Right. Uh, that was uh, close, though. That was a very close one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, number nine, Cincinnati beats number sixteen, SMU. Cincinnati's looking pretty good. Uh, Fourteen, UNC beats twenty-three, NC State. Then number eighteen, Michigan beats number twenty-one, Minnesota. That's those are the those are the teams that lost in the top twenty-five for this past week. Um, now for a. Well, I, I actually want to create a mini segment, if if you'll indulge me. Um, there is something called the college football belt. It's only kind of came to someone's idea within the past ten oh, years or so. Wait, uh, quick question. Sure. Was there a former Cup winner, even with the Varus? We're working on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're. We're, we're someone is going to win. We're just kind of working on criteria. There's, there's a committee meeting happening about it at some point. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, oh, speaking of Fulmer Cup, um, let's see. I'm just reading it really quick. Okay, so someone named Joseph Desmond, who att- who attends Purdue, and he's one of the uh, one of the people who is uh, who plays the mascot Purdue Pete, was arrested at McDonald's for battery and disorderly conduct. I guess he's a Burger King guy. I <laughs> guess. What do you mean he don't serve Pepsi here? <laughs> Um, so anyway, Where's going the McRib, back, damn it, bam. So going back to my original point, um, college football belt, which could also be known as transitive property trophy, as someone called it. It is. It tracks oh, a post from you. The quote unquote. <laughs> what? There's a post from you here on the official yep. website. <laughs> so, what it is? It's a, it's a arbitrary belt, if you will, that tracks the the game of college football from the first game between Rutgers and Princeton back in 1869 all the way to today. And how it works is the team that beats the team with the belt gets the belt and so on and so on. And they just every game they play is the defense of said belt. Mm-hmm. So the first holder of the belt was Rutgers because they beat Princeton, but then they, in the same season, gave it back. They gave it to Princeton because the, they they beat each other in the first season of college football. Uh, it currently resides with LSU. Wow. They this season, uh, well, they got it from South Carolina, who got it from Auburn. And then coincidentally, LSU is now playing Auburn in two weeks. Um, 
Yeah, they're playing Auburn in two weeks. So Auburn potentially has the opportunity of getting the belt twice in one season. LSU has had the belt twice in one season. They got it last year from Ohio State in the college football playoff. Mm, or uh, was I mean, it Clemson? The calendar year. Right, last, well, last athletic year. Okay. Um, they got it from, I forget, either Ohio State or Clemson. They got it in the playoff. They took it into this season and summarily lost it in game one or two. Um, and now it's worked its way back around to LSU. And since the SEC is not playing any out-of-conference games, the chances are quite likely that the the belt will stay within the well it will stay in the SEC until the Bulls or playoff comes around uh, we'll see okay so that's a little mini update as for our respective teams indeed uh, FIU lost to FCS Jacksonville State boo boo indeed um, they have had a rough go of it recently um, in spite of the fact that they beat Miami last year um, and they've been to three straight bowls for the first time in program history the this season has not been going well and it's I don't want to say it was luck that they did so well last year but it's it's certainly a little bit out of character that they're able to beat Miami um, but we'll see how this season goes, the remainder of this season goes. Their next game was supposed to be this Saturday against Marshall at the cage, but it got postponed because FIU does not have enough eligible players on the roster, uh, either because of COVID injury or contract tracing. So that game has put, been postponed, and, I mean, there's no official word yet, but the teams do not share a common bye week. So the chances are the game will probably be canceled. Um, so that's unfortunate. Uh, let's see. Florida State got manhandled by Louisville, 48-16. to Enough uh, yep. said. You guys, it was, a, it was a fluke that you were able to defeat a ranked North Carolina. Let's we, be honest. We crawled back into the hole that we belong. Exactly. Um, well, I, I I will be brutally honest. That was a total fluke that you were able to win that game. Um, it was more that the uh, UNC lost that game more than we won that game. <laughs> right, that is true. Um, FAU got I won't say manhandled, but it was a a scrappy affair, if you will. Um, Thundering herd. Beat, uh, beaten by number 22 Marshall, 20 to nine, mm-hmm. which very interesting score. So not a lot of offense going on on either side, but the the defenses were kind of the stars of the show. And then UCF. What about the Canes? Oh right, sorry, Canes. Mm. We're uh, the best Florida team, and you just disrespect us. <laughs> Well, Florida arguably is the best team in Florida right now. We don't acknowledge that. They're not even playing. Fair. Um, number 11, Miami, squeaks it out against How Virginia. How is this World Series game still in the second inning? Sheesh. Hmm. World is... Series, man. 
so Miami squeaked it out against Virginia, nineteen to fourteen. Uh, that's a that's a nail biter for a, a top fifteen team. You don't want to be doing too many of those, uh, as Frey will test with his Golden Domers uh, the other day against Louisville. Um, thankfully, USF is one of the worst. It is definitely one of the worst. They got destroyed by Tulsa. What was the score? Where is it? Damn, I had it. Oh, it was on Friday. 42-13. to 13. Um, So Tulsa, surprisingly, doing quite well this year. Um, they've kind of been down on their luck in the past few years. Uh, they were a very strong team in the mid-2000s through the early 2010s, but they've kind of lost their way since then. Uh, but this year, uh, the games they played, they nearly beat Oklahoma State, but they just could not capitalize on OSU's enough of OSU's mistakes and let them back into it. They could have won that one. They did beat UCF, which at the time was a top 15 team. Um, squeaked it out and ended our, our illustrious home winning streak, which coincidentally, the last team to beat us at home was also Tulsa back in 2016. Um, so our great uh, home winning streak is bookend by the, Tulsa, uh, by the Golden Hurricane. And then here they beat USF 42-13. Unfreaking believable! I love it. Um, just aside from the, f I mean, obviously because it's USF and I hate USF with a burning passion, but also because Tulsa is my hometown, so I always have had kind of an affinity for them, a little soft spot in my heart for the Golden Hurricane. Um, and then UCF, where is their score in here? There it is. Uh, in the space game, which coincidentally. A SpaceX launch happened just a couple of hours before kickoff. And because the 50-yard line of the bounce house is on the exact same longitude as the main launch pad at, um, I, think, I think, pad 39A over at Cape Canaveral. So it, basically the launch happened, in a sense, right over the stadium which is absolutely incredible to see. We, Elon Musk, if you hear this, first off, thank you for watching the show. Um, second off, please sponsor our stadium. We, we, really could use, we could really use the money, and who better to sponsor than Space U? 30% of NASA employees are UCF Knights. I believe four astronauts have gone to UCF. Mm. Like, <laughs> come, come on. on. <laughs> come, come on, on. <laughs> come on and how cool would that sound SpaceX Stadium oh my god like yeah. come on that would just be so cool you have Teslas all over the place yes sponsor uh, you know we'll 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 Nitro will drive out onto the field in a Tesla why <laughs> you'll not mean, you'll rename the team after his son Ash. That might be taking it a little <laughs> far, but I we we would do quite a Just lot. A bunch to, of random symbols. The UCF I've got wingdings. I would much rather become the Citronauts again than go with that. But no offense, Elon, but that's that's very tough to 
both pronounce and to kind of like put on merchandise. And plus, we're finally solid with with branding and and logos and whatever. So it would suck to change it. But anything else, we'll we'll definitely consider it. Um, yeah, SpaceX Stadium. Hashtag SpaceX Stadium. Um, but yeah, UCF defeats Tulane 51-34. The final score is a lot closer than it actually was. I think they scored, I think they got a garbage time touchdown out of that. Um, Dylan Gabriel is on fire. He's our quarterback. He has thrown for over 400 yards in four of our five games. And our previous game against Memphis, which we unfortunately lost, he threw for over 600. He's he's a beast, and he is a sophomore. I don't know what it is about Hawaii and quarterbacks, but they put out amazing quarterbacks. Mackenzie Milton, Dylan Gabriel, Tua Tungavailoa, Marcus Mariota. I forgot his name for a second. Um, Maybe not for the Titans. I forget Wait. about him all the time. But he won the Heisman. Yeah. There's there's no doubt that he was a beast when he was playing at Oregon. He was the first, uh, well, not, it's probably about 10 years since someone from the West Coast won the, uh, won the Heisman. Last was USC back in the mid-2000s. Um, at first Hawaiian to win it, so I don't know what it is about Hawaii, but they, they produce incredible college quarterbacks. Um, we'll see how Tua pans out. Uh, Mariota has been okay. Yeah. Um, he did win a playoff game. That is true. See? Single-handedly, too. I'm not and even going to take away from Marcus. He would, be, he would be a great Wildcat quarterback. Yeah. Because he, he is fairly mobile. He can run fairly quickly. Guy's He's more brittle than Dollar Tree pretzels, though, bud. Uh, that's true. But anyway, um, so four out of five games. If this was a full season, Gabriel would be on track to throw, I think, like 5,700 yards. Jesus. Like, I don't know. He's just a beast, and he is a sophomore. Uh God, I hope he stays around for all four years um, and stays healthy for all four years. So anyway, um, anyone have any questions, comments, concerns, feelings, emotions about college football that you would like me to address? Mm, not, well, remember, I've crawled into a hole. I don't care anymore. And I'm just running into the high of when we play real teams and the effect that happens because we were doing good and then we met Clemson and then, you know, we were not able to poop without the needing of any stool softeners for a while. So I'm just waiting for that next bit coming into it. Well, actually, uh, before we go, let me let me go through and, and show you, show everyone who we're playing, everyone's playing this week. Oh, yeah, that's um, nice. So FAU is playing at home against UTSA on Saturday at noon, Halloween. Um, see, scrolling down. UCF is at Houston. Uh, we will be using our. We will be wearing our space game uniforms again. Which makes sense in Houston. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see. Will Houston come out with a an alternate uniform? For the space game, 
Imagine that, two space teams playing each other in space uniforms. That would be badass. Um, moving down the line... Just don't lose to them or else they're going to be like, we're mission control, we, ca we call the shots. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are just... I, I, I think you would have to, they would have to play grab control to Major Tom, you know, <laughs> Bowie in the background. Yeah. You can't miss out on these opportunities. Mm. Um, let's see... Uh, let's see. So as Thursday, I as I alluded to, um, yeah. FIU their game got postponed. Marshall, I think Miami's on a bye. Clemson, Boston College, what any Ohio State's facing Penn State. Uh, so there's, there's that. Uh, let's see. Uh, nothing much else that uh, uh, stands out to me, aside from what you just mentioned. Okay. Alrighty, so yeah, college football. Oh, let's see. Notre Dame is the only thing between us and Liberty having this, the longest active win streak. Chanticleers with a tough one. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Who, wait, who are they facing? The Chants? Yeah. Georgia State. Nope. Do you okay. say Florida State? I don't know. Georgia. No, Georgia. Georgia State. State. Okay. All right. Which, uh, GSU, the Panthers, they play in what used to be Turner Field, which is what used to be the Olympic Stadium. So it's in its third, uh, its third iteration during its so year what you're bit. saying is they might choke away the game too. All right, let's go on to wrestling. <laughs> One more jab at Atlanta. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's in the cage. <laughs> never end. Welcome everybody. Your weekly Trueplex the Cage with Charles. Now, full disclaimer: I might be changing my intro a little bit because I've been feeling conflicted. But I keep it all the same. Wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. Is it a song? Is it a dance? Is it ballet? Because sometimes, like, it ain't ballet, folks. People are beating the hell out of each other. Relevant to what I'm about to talk about. People are cutting, bleeding, breaking necks, breaking bones. But at the end of the day, it is poetry in motion. It is basically the demonstration of men and women chasing championships, friends beating the hell out of each other, former enemies, betrayals. It's a soap opera, really. But granted, all the big juiced out, roided out 80s wrestlers will probably beat the hell out of me for saying it. But you know what, Superstar Billy Graham? I ain't going to walk away from it. I keep my boots in the ground all day, every day. So, fellas, it might be a short cage because I'm going to bridge it, but it might be a long cage because I might extend it. It's like, you know, the Phoenix penis here, right? Or whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> There's a lot of on. Um, I just want to hear Andrew say it. Um, <laughs> so, we'll save for WWE last. New Japan... Roads to power struggle. Stuff's happening. Am I interested into it? Not yet. It'll get there. We talked about it exhaustively last week, also known as the cage segment, where Charles is right about everything and Kota Ibushi was going to win. Yay me. I know things. Impact Wrestling. They had a pay-per-view. A lot of weird stuff happened. I don't get it. I really don't. And I have to bring it up so I can just kind of like fully talk about it to kind of go from there. But they had, I don't know if it was Bound for Glory or if it was their other pay-per-view, but they had not one, not two, but three title changes that night. 
And I found that so strange to me because normally you don't su- see that happening unless it's like the the big um, the big pay per views. Mind you, it's TNA. It's not as if that always kind of happens. But let's first talk about it. And I'm going off the cuff because I can't even find the link that I was going on for it. So wow, we're gonna really go on my memory. The first things first. New tag team champions, the North, took it over Motor City Machine Guns in a fatal four-way tag team match to which they retained. The North was the former tag team champions who had lots of Motor City Machine Guns when TNA came back, or Impact came back. We'll call it Impact because they're no longer TNA, sure. Um, but when Impact came back, Motor City Machine Guns, consisting of Alex Shelley and the other guys, the same who I forgot right now, end up winning it from the North, who had it for a very long time. And then they end up losing. They were going against also the Good Brothers and I think Reno Scum. I have to remember myself if that's possible or not. This is why I wish I had cross-references of things because I don't watch a lot of Impact. I keep up with it, and sometimes I'll keep up with the promotions. But it's very interesting that they did it, especially since they did it. I thought if they were going to do a title dropping, it would be the Good Brothers, formerly Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, going by the name of Doc Gallows, being the ones who get it and they would few with the North. I guess what their intention is is that maybe Motor City Machine Guns, who are the Impact Tag Team Champions, did not have an extended contract, so politics was let's give it to you know, people that people knew from back in the day, but they're they're not gonna be under contract. They might be free agents or maybe they have a limited amount of time with the co- with the uh, company so we'll get it back to people that we have that are still under contract and then establish the good brothers in a feud is that a bad thing no I don't. it's alex shelley by the way uh, but no i don't think that's necessarily a terrible thing um no it was alex shelley it's chris saban i don't know why i'm my my brain's going off because i'm reading as i'm going into it yeah, it's the worst thing yeah, this is why I have to prepare, because sometimes if I'm talking, I'm talking, man. If I'm talking, I'm talking, right? If I'm slipping, I'm slipping, as Dr. Dre said. Um, next episode, ain't nothing but a G thing. I really wish you guys were as cool as me. Anyway, love you guys all the same. Um, so that was surprise number one. Surprise number two, Deanna Perrazzo lost her Impact Women's Division Championship to Sue Young. Um, Diana had took it off of Jordan Grace. They had the Iron Women match um, a couple weeks back, to which Diana Perazzo had won. Diana Perazzo was the former NXT cast-off. Uh, she was one of the part of the of uh, the. I don't know if it was a Black Friday or Black Monday, but Black Monday is synonymous with coaches getting fired in the NFL. So Black Monday mm-hmm. firing the WWE, um, and so she goes over the Impact, wins the championship and had a good run, and I thought it was going to be a longer run, and she was supposed to go against Kylie Ray, your waifu, or whatever the hell you pronounce it as. Waifu. Waifu uh, for wrestling, because she likes Pokemon and all that stuff. <laughs> she doesn't show up, and this isn't the first time, but we don't know if she was injured, if she had come in contact with somebody who had COVID, or anything, so there was a last-minute schedule that kind of went on. So they have Sue Young, who's an alter ego. I don't know enough about her. I just know that she's around. Um, and they have her beat Diana Perazzo, which I found weird because they just gave Diana Perazzo a full-time contract. So it's not even similar to the Motor City Machine Guns where um, Alex Shelley and the other guy were here debatably for a small amount of time. It was more or less that they were just there. They gave it to her. So I don't know what the story is, what you're going to do makes no sense to me but I digress I just have to sometimes wrestling you guys and this is what I hate about wrestling but this is the reality about wrestling sometimes you just have to take it I know it sounds terrible but really it is life happens and you take it and that's it and you just have to try to understand 
A um, couple matches that you know, were really of no importance to me, but um, you know, what I will give a highlight to is that they had a call-your-own-shot battle royal, so if you win the battle royal, you get a shot at whatever title. I don't oh, understand okay. it. Why would you choose anything but the World Heavyweight Championship? But they also did have some mixed gender in there. I know Jordan Grace was in there, but you already had um, Tessa Blanchard win the Impact World Championship, so gender doesn't even matter at this point. It should just be for the World Championship. So it's not like anybody's going to win it and then challenge the X Division title, who Riju Rutt has. Some things just don't make it to me. Yeah, it was Chris Saban. I'm not stupid. Okay, I spent this whole time trying to see, like, damn, who's the other member of the Motor City Machine Guns? Um, and then the third title change, also they inducted Ken Shamrock into the TNA Hall of Fame or the Impact Hall of Fame, Ken Shamrock, the most dangerous man in the world at one point built into the WWF in the Attitude Era, former UFC, MMA, Pride Fighter, he's crazy, he's 56, he's roided up, good for him, the other title change that made no sense because it was too early, Rich Swan. uh, and Eric Young, Eric Young was another one of the Black uh, Monday releases. Eric Young beat Eddie Edwards after Eddie Edwards was able to win a open Fatal Five Way title shot because Tessa Blanchard got fired, so he won the Impact Championship Wrestling. He wins it. I knew he was going to be a transitional champion, and then Eric Young comes in and wins. Now Eric Young loses to Rich Swan, a former WWE cast-off, former Cruiserweight champion for the WWE, and now Rich Swan is your. Um, Impact Wrestling Champion, so Heavyweight Champion. So I'm like, all right, so now we've had these transitional champions. Transitional champions, gentlemen, so moment of the time, student of the mind here about wrestling. Um, transitional means there's no real great push. There's no real great amount of time. You're just a title holder, a placeholder, until the right guy or gal comes in to take that belt. Rich Swan was kind of building into it. They did a false retirement, all this other stuff that came in. Well, I thought Eric Young came with all this fanfare. He's an old faithful. He used to be an impact a loyalty guy before he went to WWE. And I felt like they didn't give it to him enough time. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, I think they're going to build a story where they're going to have a Willie Mack heel turn going for that impact title. But that also begs the question, what are we doing here? Right? What are we doing? Because you don't want to hot potato a title too much. You don't have too many transitional championships. It degrades the concept of the title because you're, the title is only as good as the person who holds it, and the title is only as good as the next guy who gets the title from that opponent. I don't know. Not crazy you about like it. You like the underdog story as well. That, you know, oh, yeah, it's, a, you, it's, it's like in all of sports. Uh, when you have those dominant teams, whatever, it's, it's good to see them win because eventually people want to see them go down so yeah, it's but, going back and forth though it's parody and competitive and it's like ah and this one with more wrestling and why it might be relevant to the hell in a cell segment that we'll get to in a second with wwe it's more or less like this wasn't long enough you didn't make me hate eric young if you extend it for another few months put some credibility on that title and then you know have him lose the belt whatever aw we're on the road to full gear Right now, the the card, and I'm not going to kill too much time into it because it starts November 7th, so it's next week, but that's when it will be the more AEW-based show when we go on the segment here. But John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston, I quit match. We'll see if I like it. I like the original match. I love Eddie Kingston. Hey, Eddie. Thanks for uh, being entertaining on Being the Elite and being a great promo artist. You are the definition of what a good promo might be outside of WWE for those who are stuck in the old ways. I have to send the guys. Follow us on Twitter. Sports Goofs, Charles the True, FJOJR. Yeah, finally, it's on the bottom of the screen. And free holidays. Well, you know, maybe they hear the velvet voice. I don't look at the screen because I'm multitasking. It's terrible. <laughs> um, AWTNT Championship. Whoever's the winner of Cody Rhodes versus Orange Cassidy this week goes against Darby Allen. 
Um, we already know how I feel about Cody getting the title back. We already know how I feel about Orange Cassidy getting another shot when he was squashed by Brody Lee. So I have a sneaky suspicion this is going to lead to a triple threat where Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, and Cody Rhodes are on that full gear pay-per-view and Darby Allen gets it um, without Cody eating a clean loss so it doesn't hurt. AEW World Tag Team Championship, FTR versus the Young Bucks. That should be good. I'll have more comments about it when I can go more in depth because sometimes with AEW, when we're dealing with WWE cast-offs, I kind of gloss over some guys, but I want to give that repertoire and that background information about FTR, formerly known as the Revival, in the WWE when they have their chance. And then tournament finals, whoever wins the tournament gets the AEW World Title shot. It's going to lead to Omega versus Hangman Page. I won't waste my time with that. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara at Full Gear is going to be a cinematic. That's one thing. Hell in a Cell happened, boys. It wasn't a long pay-per-view. It was like maybe two and a half hours at best. There was five matches on that card, and it was kind of thoroughly enjoyable. So the matches that they had was Roman Reigns and Jey Uso started it. They had a cool-off match, which uh, was Tucker and or Otis alongside Tucker with The Miz and Morrison for the Money in the Bank briefcase because we're still continuing that story. Um, whoever won that gets to keep the Money in the Bank briefcase. We'll talk about that in a second. You had Bailey and Sasha in Hell in a Cell, which I felt should have been the main event, was not the main event. That was a bad move. And then you had a little squash match between Retribution and Bobby Lashley for the U.S. Championship. Slapjack. That's right. That's his name. I'm dying. Mm. I'm dying because on Raw last night, Mace goes, this is for you, Slapjack. And some old Joe just starts bust out laughing, and I, I couldn't deal with it. I really feel bad for Shane Thorne. I feel bad for Mia Yim. I feel bad for um, Dominic Dijakovic. I feel bad for Dio Madden. Great talented people given stupid names because Vince does things. I have no problem with the concept of a retribution, but when you're given names like Slapjack, Mason, T-Bar, Mason's the only real good name out of it that I think of, right? And I think they named Mia Yim Reckoning. Ah, ah, I don't get why. Weird stuff happens. Vince is dumb, but the thing is we had such a recent pay-per-view. It's weird because you have Friday Night SmackDown to build up. I'm not even going to talk about it because a lot of the stuff that happened happened on Sunday, so I have to wait till Friday to get to it. And then you have Monday Night Raw, which deals with the follow-up, but now we have Survivor Series coming up. But um, after that was the main event of Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre at Hell in a Cell. So I feel like I feel like I can address some things, right? I feel like I can talk about it. And we're going to talk to my love child that I've been loving. Oh, I've been loving so much. Boys, I got to tell you. Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, part two. I quit Hell in a Cell match. Sweet 30 minutes of pure emotional storytelling. Very similar to the Clash of Championship match. It wasn't bloody. It wasn't brutal. What I will say is each one was very different. I also did miss Elias versus Jeff Hardy as the cooler. Whatever. But um, it was very good. The stipulation was Hell in a Cell. You typically lose through pinfall, through submission. No, this one you have to say I quit. So how are you going to make Jey Uso, who is this supernova babyface at this point, say I quit? Because what was the stipulation? Oh, that's what I got to talk about. So on SmackDown, Roman said there's going to be consequences if you lose. And if you lose against me, you get into line. You follow what I do because they're part of the same family, the NOI tribe. You go against me. You disappoint anywhere. You're out of the family. Your children are out of the family. Oh your wife's God. out of the family. It's very Game of Thrones, right? You know, spoilers, shows over, someone say it. It's like Tyrion trying not to go against Tywin, and then what happens is he shoots Tywin in the gut and all that stuff, but it screws over the whole Lannister reputation. Very similar. I feel, and I loved it. That was a stipulation on Friday Night SmackDown. I was like, big ups. Big ups. That's what I was saying. So I'm like, I'm like what are we going to do about this? Because you can't have... 
Jay do it. So we're not at the day with the greatest I quit match, which was Tully Blanchard versus um oh, Chef's Kiss right there. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so it's so Chef's Kiss, but it was Tully versus and I swear to God, my brain this is what happens <laughs> when I don't prepare. But here's the thing, if I wasn't put on the spot, if I wasn't put on the spot, not an issue. Not issue at all. So Magnum TA. I'm so stupid. It's not of course of effing course. I gotta give you a background on those two one day. They had the greatest I quit match in my opinion because how it ends is Magnum TA tries to stab um, Tully in the eye with like a stake. So he's like, I quit, done. I'm like, yeah. You say he tried to stab in the eye with a stake? Yeah, like a stake, a wooden stake, not like right. But still, tried to stab him in the eye with a stake. Um, I'm gonna send it to you guys on the link so you can see it because the idea of what's an I quit match is preservation of body and you do it for your career, but your eyeball. Yeah, that's fine. I'll save my eye. Um, but I, I always love it. I think it's one of those things that really is the shine of what an I quit match should look like because you're not going to quit to a submission, right? Or how many times you get speared. But So this match was an emotional storytelling. Roman's really dominating. It's very similar to Class of Champions where Jay's getting those hot movements and going, and then but now there's no pinfall. Roman doesn't submit, so what are you going to do? And then it was just like an ass-whooping, and... They're just the announcers are selling it, the commentators are selling it. You know, they have the executives come out to try to save Jay. Roman's doing like the drive-by with the metal steps against Jay's head, and he's like, "Please, just say I quit." Like Michael Cole, who annoys the crap out of me, was great because he's like, "Someone make that man quit." I'm like, "I feel it, I feel it." So how does it end? How does Jay Uso quit? Family. His brother Jimmy Uso comes out, tries to save him again because remember last time he's the one who threw the towel in. And he's like, Roman, you don't have to do this. I don't know what happened to you, man, but we can get past this. You can be right. Roman's fake crying, literally Hollywood stuff. He's like, I don't know. I know oh I want to do God. this. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm looking at the comments stuff. on Twitter. Everybody's saying basically the same thing. Oh, it, it was so good. And then all of a sudden, it reminds me of the episode of South Park where they're all all the all the rednecks are crying. It, it's a soap opera. <laughs> so he snatches Jimmy into the guillotine and chokes him out in front of Jay because he oh realizes Jay God. won't tap out. So I'm gonna kill your brother if you don't do it. And then Jay's like, "Get off him, man!" Because remember, Jimmy's had surgery. He's back from ACL. All this other stuff. He can't compete. He can't defend himself. So Jimmy, choosing his choosing his aspirations of being a champion to save his brother, says, "I quit." Damns himself. Damns his family to have to be following Roman's line. This tyrant. This tribal chief who's a tyrant. I was wet. It was great. Like I peppered me in new shorts. It was fantastic because that's good storytelling. The match itself, just the same way about Clash of Champions. Wrestling was average, but you had some spurts. I loved it. It kept uh, Jay face, and then, you know, it had a great logical ending, and I figured it out the minute Jimmy came out, but it was so good. It went on a little bit too long. It was like 29 minutes. That's a lot of non-wrestling all emotion, but sometimes it's a connection. What it does do is make Roman into that straight-up bastard. You know, plain and simple. You're like, mm. God, man. You know, that's something. You know, fake, fake caring about somebody only to check out his brother in front of you. You hate that guy. You hate that guy so much. Um, so that was that. Miz and Otis. Money in the Bank. Tucker does the betrayal. Otis, you know, they were part of a tag team. Otis and Tucker were heavy machinery. They had tag team title shots, never won anything big. Otis won Money in the Bank on a fluke because the briefcase came out of um, AJ's hands and Baron's hands went to uh, Tucker or to Otis's hands. Oh, Otis was just Mr. Money in the Bank. They went to court. <laughs> Law and Otis was funny. I laughed. The, the, the attorney in me was just great because Otis... Okay, so anything that you guys need to know about Law School 101 is when you're doing an opening, 
you know, is your opening going to be short and sweet? Is your opening going to be long? Is your opening going to be making promises that you cannot deliver at your hearing? Um, <laughs> you know, for some people, you know, they like to have long closings. I always remember Finger Hut. What does the Finger Hut used to say? Keep your opening short, right? You know, that was always his thing. You tell them the promises you're going to do. I always remember you never go through everything. Sweat, but... <laughs> All the time, right? Never yeah. really... He used to say, do you want to be a clown to me? Because I never took it seriously. And yet he's the one who... <laughs> he, he, he had to tell me straight to my face. He's like, I would have given you the book award, but the other girl did a better progress. But your final hearing was fantastic. I'm like, thanks. I know. I'm good. Peace out. <laughs> um, so, like, the little thing about legal stuff is your opening should just be about your promises, what to expect. And then, you know, you talk about your standard proof. Sure. And then you just like you know, you keep it brief, right? Oh, this is two lines, or like I believe I should get the money in the bank. I want a fair square. Thank you. And then there's Miz just doing Charles things in the court. So I loved it. But anyway, the big betrayal happened. Vince McMahon likes doing this weird thing where he just um, breaks up tag teams now. I, I just don't get it. So Tucker betrays Otis, hits him with the money in the bank briefcase after Morrison is kicked out. Um, Miz wins. Miz is now Mr. Money in the Bank. That is a guaranteed title shot to the main title, WWE Championship for Raw, Universal Championship on SmackDown. What are we going to do with it? Well, it keeps Miz as a main eventer gateway comedy act, and I don't know what they're going to do with Otis and Tucker. Presumably they're going to go against each other um, on Survivor Series, which is a cross-brand pay-per-view against each other. It's a personal story. I feel a little bit for this because those two guys, Otis and Tucker, Blue Collar Strong, I remember seeing them at the NXT house shows. They were coming out. They weren't even on TV. So it's like it's like seeing my children becoming Cain and Abel. And it's a natural storyline progression. It's the jealousies you're giving the success. But I don't know if it was needed. Saw it a mile away. Does it have the delivery? We'll see. Um, Sasha and Bailey, fantastic. Like 475. It should have main evented. You guys have been hearing me say it should have main evented, but Vince didn't have the balls to do it. Um, I've said people I've seen here on Twitter that, that that's what it should have been. And the reason why they main evented Randy and Drew is because Drew was never getting the main event, and you have to put credibility on Randy. Spoiler for that main for that main title for the WWE title have a main event feel. That's the real reason why. But the girls delivered. There was a bunch of botches that weren't even really botches, but they were close to your botches. Sasha and her, Sasha and Bailey went hard into it. There was storyline. You gotta remember, they they grouped up. They have history in NXT. They grouped up to become the women's tag teams. They both went heel at the same time together. Sasha was supporting Bailey. Bailey was trying to help her stay on Raw to get the Raw Women's Tag Team Championship. They did win it. Then she lost it. Bailey didn't help her the way Sasha would help her retaining her titles. And then Bailey betrays her out of nowhere. And then. Bailey had the title for 380 plus days. Granted, it felt like it's more. I don't think WWE can do math, but it's Vince. And then Sasha mm. wins cleanly. The feud is not over. That is fine. TLC is in December. TLC is table ladders and chairs. I have no problem with that being the main event. I cannot highly talk about how good it was and great to kind of mention how women's wrestling can be excellent. If this, if I had a you go girl segment, it would be this because it delivered and then some. I was engaged. It was long. It was 26 minutes and I didn't feel it the way I felt with Roman and I didn't feel it the way I felt with Randy in the length of time. I thought it was excellent. Is it match of the year? That still holds off to Kyle and to Finn at their takeover pay-per-view because I love that. But I did love this much so much, especially how it ended where Sasha puts Bailey in the... Um, her boss, uh, the bank statement, which is like her finisher, and then she has it through the chair on her throat, which is very 
uh, similar to how Bailey originally turned on that. Sasha and tried to injure her. And she's just brutal. kicking it. It's extra. It's Hell in a Cell, baby. You got to be brutal. And what I will say is each Hell in a Cell match had a different aspect of it. Um, Roman and Jay was very storyline. This was more hatred, physical. And then the Randy and Drew was very much like um, standard, which is not bad. You can have a standard Hell in a Cell match and be fine with it. There's just a little beast that you have to do. Um, loved it, Sasha. Hopefully Vince will actually let her defend the title win because she has this history where she'll win a title and can't win the next title defense. And that was a storyline that runs through. I think they did Extreme Rules. They did that at SummerSlam as the jokes. All the stuff that I'm not about. So good on her. Do something with it, Vince. You have a star. Make it happen. Um, Drew and Randy was fine. It wasn't bad at all. I probably rated it at like a 3.5, 3.75. But you know what I felt? The fatigue. Because with each, it was a long pay-per-view, you guys, but with each Hell in a Cell match being 30 minutes long, you kind of feel like, all right, because now you have to top it, and now you can't top it, so now it's like the main event thing. But long story short of it, Randy Orton has been like the number one guy throughout the year with his feud with Edge and him, and now he finally reclaimed his 14th WWE Championship, tying Triple H. He beat Drew clean. I wish it was a little bit more physical. But I don't get to have blood anymore in my WWE, and sometimes a little shade of the color helps out to show the drama. You got to bleed a little bit, right? Mm. But um, it was good. It was a little bit of technical wrestling, and then was Drew kicking Randy's butt. And then there was a segment where Randy goes up to the very top of the cell just to have a pipe and to hit Drew, but then he has second thoughts about it because Drew's just scary, so he's crawling down, and it leads to Drew taking a butt, meaning he falls like 10 feet from the cage onto a table, not Mick Foley, but Mick Foley, yes, because there's no way Randy's doing it. And you got to think, man, like, Drew, if he lands any other way, is going to break an ankle because he's like 260 pounds of pure muscle. That's heavy. Yeah. To go through that table is admirable. But it ends where he goes for a Claymore. Randy ducks, avoids it, and then RKO's him, and that's it. And then Randy wins. The feud's going to get continued. So I don't know what we're going to do with this because I'm fine with Randy winning. To bring it back to what we talked about, about Eric Young not having enough time, Drew had too much time. He had the belt for six months. He went through everybody. He didn't even get the main events and certain things. He got the main event at WrestleMania. That was it, to beat Brock, but he didn't get main event against Seth. He didn't get the main event against um, Bobby. He didn't get the main event at SummerSlam against Randy. He didn't get the main event at um, Clash of Champions. That went to Roman. So they did this to let Randy's win solidify the reestablishment of the main event title or to give it a main event feel. All, all faces are better going back to the chase, and I don't think this will be Drew's last time getting a main title shot and winning. I think he has earned it. He did everything he was supposed to do, but there was no crowd, so why not? Let's just go straight into giving it to Randy. Let's see what happens, because the big plan, Andrew, and I'll direct this to you, is I don't think Vince is going to change his mind about it. I think he should, but whatever, what do I know, is that he wants to preserve Randy's title reign versus him and Edge when Edge comes back from his tricep injury and have that for the WWE Championship. Hmm. And that will probably main event WrestleMania, unless we get Rock versus Roman Reigns. I am ready for that. Um, that would be fun. It was... Um, and, you know what would be fun though, if um, if Roman and and it's for one reason and one reason only, um, I would like to see The Rock or sorry uh, Roman versus Goldberg, and here's why. I would love it for there to be like a whole like wouldn't have to be long like a minute or two where literally they just spear each other back and forth. Well, you say that. And we laugh, but there's a purpose with what you just said. And you put it in the universe, and now Vince McMahon, who is the devil, <laughs> will answer it. Because 
remember, originally for WrestleMania, it was supposed to be Goldberg versus um, Roman for the Universal Championship. But Roman got concerned about TV, and then we got to Braun. Roman and Braun had a, at the Friday Night SmackDown premiere, two Fridays ago, they went for at it for the Universal title. Guess who was on the little telephonic screen for the fan base, Goldberg? It's going to happen. Not at Mania. The guy Derek Hell doesn't no. let near Moreland's Park. He's smart. He's smart. Like He'll if, break your if, neck. If I do not watch uh, WWE that much, but if there was a match with Roman and Goldberg, I would so watch that just for, hopefully, there's like a period of just like, bam, spear, get up, spear, spear, spear. That would be freaking hilarious. Oh, it's going to happen because Goldberg really can only do one move now. He can't even do the jackhammer without crippling anybody. Um, so... This is where I leave you in regards to what the storylines look like. Survivor Series is in November. That's usually the cross-brand, champion versus champions. It says that Roman and Drew, or Roman and uh, Randy are supposed to go against each other, non-title. I'm saying it now because I want it said if I'm right about this, because I was right about Coda, right? If I'm right about this, I, I, need, like, I need to get hired by WWE. One of the things is that Roman said you will fall in line to Jey Uso. And he said there will be consequences. They just announced it's supposed to be Roman and Randy. The ultimate heel thing that you can do is make Jay Uso your bitch and make him wrestle Randy Orton on your behalf at Survivor Series as you watch your cousin get destroyed by the Viper. And Roman's whole thing is like, I don't wrestle for free, baby, and I don't wrestle unless this championship match is not a non-title. I, call it right out. That happens. Vince, you owe me money. Straight up. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and, but, stop, and stop freaking demonetizing us. Stop demonetizing us, man. Yeah. Sponsor us. Sponsor this. Uh, I'm about to try and get in more sponsorships, and he's trying to ruin it for us. Vince, we, I'm saying right now, we talk more about wrestling. We talk more about you than ESPN does. ESPN laughs in your face. <laughs> they laugh in your face. But where I leave you is that there's some storylines are shifting out. They're trying to figure out who's going to be on the Survivor Series team. We'll talk about that more. I can't spoil everything in one shot, right? You know, I can't pile on too much. Uh-huh. Um, oh, my you know, God. <laughs> but it, it's, it's just going to be consistent. I'm a child. So that's all I got for you this week, guys. But I want it put out there. Don't steal my stuff, Vince. I'll follow you. I'll find you. <laughs> I know where you live. Don't, don't, <laughs> You're don't, in Connecticut. Don't make him follow you. Follow us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's it for us. This is a long one today, so aren't they all at this point? Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll try and do some. Nothing's happening next week, for sure. On our next show, nothing of any significance is happening on that night. So you come listen to us. All right. <laughs> we'll give you a break from the real world. Yeah, listen. Don't get wine drunk and cry about stuff that's out of your control at this point. Get wine drunk and cry over how hilarious the three of us are. Mm. Exactly. Oh, and let me say one more thing. Mm. Vote. V-O-T-E. All capitals. I don't know what else I have to say. Vote. Do it now. And then you can spawn at the Palm Beach County Library afterwards. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody. Good night, everyone. Take care. So tell the hater here's a slammer. I know they hating on us, but my commanders.